Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity's reason. M-O-L-M-M. What? Feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto-tune that, put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. (laughs) Six hours later. Y'all done got diggly (laughs) pain. You done got diggly pain. Exactly. Nope. No. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that takes listeners on a journey from the land of the living to a land crawling with nerds and fetch quests. I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me as always is the Gustav to my surstrumming, the sea dragon whose precious minerals this show is slowly mining for mutual benefit, my big brother and co-host, Jason Helms. How's it going, man? Keep your hands off my surstrumming. Uh, good, oh, it's good. I like this game. I want to talk about this game. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too, man. It's, oh, I wonder, there's no way to know how many hours we played. <laughs> it's probably no. a way, but I couldn't figure it out. But I, I'm thinking like 60 to 70 for me. It was a lot. But we'll get into it. Okay, yeah. so. Yeah, feels right. As always, we're joined by our hardcore gaming correspondent and new game discoverer, the person who always has the right answer to the question, hey, Corey. What game should I play that I've never even heard of but will soon become my favorite game of all time? Corrigan Vaughn. That is absolutely me. You're welcome, world. It's like you're like the opposite of your streak for Joag right now. And the That's movies you're <laughs> That's very true. And we we had another semi shitty one tonight. So, oh, you know, at really? least I'm on point with my games. There you go. There's that. It's all about the streaks. You know? <laughs> Can we just convert this into a Joag fan cast? Like, I, I think <laughs> that that that's great. what it's becoming. The That'd first official Joag fan With one of the hosts. Oh my god. That'll With one weird. of the hosts, yeah. I am the biggest fan. We'll have a monthly episode recapping their weekly episodes. It'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Awesome. Everyone Absolutely. will want to listen to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, and it's another family affair today because our longtime FOMF previous guest, and Corey's little sis, is back on the show to talk all things Spirit Fair. Ed, welcome back to MOMF. Yeehaw, I thank you for having me. Yeah. Glad to be back. Very, who started playing first, Corey or Ed? <laughs> Ed did by happenstance. Yeah, I think I had peaked. Uh, I don't I don't know if you had referenced it or I peaked your play history, but I was like, hey, I'm also playing Spirit Fair. How fortunate. Oh, I don't nice. think that's how it happened. I think I Maybe said I was been. playing Spirit Fair and you were like, oh, I'm playing that. <laughs> All right. Well, fine. Rewrite so- history for me here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was, I guess, more or less simultaneous that we started playing this, uh, but... She had played like forty hours by the time I had started. So. Oh dear! Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm pretty okay. bad at this game. I got a lot of hours in and not a lot done, which oh, that's amazing. I cannot wait to talk about. I think it's oh, fascinating so that Ed was bad at this game. <laughs> I love just, it. All right, so we're gonna get into some of the development a little bit, a tiny bit of development, just, maybe. Just, we'll just see. A bit. We're gonna throw that to Jason. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then yeah. We're do talk that. A lot about uh, our gameplay. Uh, then, of course, we're going to play What's the Drink, What's the Song. We will talk about, uh, or we'll have our trip in our recommendation station, trip to, trip from. It's a station. It's not a train. You don't go on it. You go in it. Anyway, uh, then, we'll of course, we'll have a Black Developer Highlight, Mumph in the News, Picking Next Game, half those things we haven't done yet, but we will by the time we get to them. Woo! Wanging it. Corey, you discovered this game. I did not <laughs> discover this game at all. Why is this happening to me? Why does it keep <laughs> happening? Jason. You're the one that just said you discovered it. No, 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 no. What happened was Jason. Jason played it in August. (laughs) Jason has been trying to get you guys to play this for months. 
he posted a list of games and was like, here's a bunch of ones that I think, you know, we might want to play and that you might like. And hey, Spirit Fair is pretty long. It says it might take like 24 hours or something. So maybe get a head start on it and we'll do it in a couple months. And so I was like, okay. And then remember, he, he posted that list that was like a block. And I was like, I can't read this because ADHD. Yeah. And then he sorted it out. And I was like, oh, Spirit Fair. Great. I will start that. That is and how you, I started You'd heard of it. Fair. But, so let's get back to where you're, you first discovered the game. When you saw that list, where had you heard of Spirit Fair before? That list. Oh, interesting. Oh, you just saw the word and you were drawn I to it. saw the word and saw him this say, amazing. you need to start playing this or you won't finish it. And knowing the way that I play games, I was like, oh, yeah, then I, I really better start now because I will never finish it. And then, psych, I finished it real fast. Oh, All right, so I pulled yeah. up the original list that I sent you. Uh, so that we can look oh, back, please don't read the whole and, and thing. you can just tell me if, if there was anything here that convinced you. Uh, adventure slash Fallout Shelter Management Sim slash Meditation on Death with cute characters and evidently a super moving story. I think I I might have been like, ooh, Fallout Shelter. I played a lot of that. I know my audience, <laughs> and you know I played that for a good amount of time. Yeah, exactly. So much Fallout Shelter. Oh yeah, so much Fallout Shelter. I just deleted it after like not playing it for a year, but I was like, maybe I'll go back. It was an addictive one for sure. Vault 415 was waiting for me there. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Represent. Uh, that's, good. that's the area code of the Bay Area for anyone who's like, what does yes. that mean? That's uh, a good uh, shout out. <laughs> My friend uh, Jeff had recommended it to me, which it's oh, not really? usually in his uh, wheelhouse. It's more of a, well, he's like an RPG guy and a shoot 'em up guy, but. Yeah, it was like Spirit Fair. It's really relaxing. You should give it a go. And it, it is. It is. And then it wasn't. And then it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. yeah, that adds up. Accurate. All right. So now that we figured out that Jason was the last to know about this game, um, let's throw it to him for the best part is that I edit this podcast. So I hear it when we talk about it. Yeah. I hear it on Corey's podcast when she talked about it. <laughs> I think you even like fixed it the following week on Joag. Maybe I don't know. And then I edited yeah. this po- anyway. So I've heard it several times and I still forget. But yeah, Jason, uh, is, are there any cool, crazy development stories regarding this other than just like a company made this awesome game? Well, well, first, uh, Ed, it sounded like um, Corey just kind of rewrote your memories earlier. So I, I want to know what's it like to have a sibling who gaslights you? Um, <laughs> mine, mine actually actually edits the podcast so it, it disappears and he says no you never said that and it's gone it's it just goes away he can fix it it's magic i mean that's amazing next level gaslighting it's impressive it's, it's, <laughs> it's really incredible okay so yeah let's get into the development yeah I, I volunteered to cover this i want to go into it in detail i'm really excited all right let's get into the development then um, yeah hey, oh no take it hey, away take hey, it away listener. Come on. Yeah. Shh, shh, shh. Listener. let's talk real quick um so I didn't, I didn't do the homework. Um, I, I was supposed to like research the development, and um, like if you could just be cool, like just be cool, like maybe tell them that like I did, like that you liked the podcast and that I covered the development. It was great. It's a new game. Like how much could there be? Anyway, we'll we'll come back. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll come. Back. Oh wait, yeah. How's the development going? Yeah, yeah. Good? so I covered it. Um, thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, great work. There were a lot of good stories. A lot of good stories. Told Sweet. listeners about them. It was, it was great. Yeah, really interesting stuff there. All right, I think we could probably get into the gameplay now. I think so. I think we can move ahead. Ed, let's start with you. When your friend Jeff told you about the game, you got it. What was the first thing that kind of drew you in? Your first maybe few thoughts about the game? Uh, I mean, I liked the sort of minimalist style of it. 
you know, just a side scrolling. It was pretty. It had nice artwork and a, a, a cozy theme song or you know, soundtrack to it. Um, yeah. So when I watched the trailer, I was like, I can get on board. And also I think it was on sale and inexpensive <laughs> on the Nintendo store. And that's always uh, like, all right, I can, I can burn what 20 bucks or something to see if I like this. Totally. I door dash more than that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely the way I think about things. I'm like, would I have door dashed this like twice today? Yeah, I'll buy the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how a lot of purchases get made with that that understanding. It's really good budgeting. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's a pandemic. <laughs> what else are we doing? <laughs> oh, seriously. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> I think for me it was similar in the idea that with the just with the game art from the trailer, I was like, that's cool. Like the, obviously the game can't look like that because this is like a a drawn animation. Yeah, right. And so, but we were playing it, so I was like, oh, I gotta shell out and pay for it. Oh, no, it was Game Pass. I Game yeah, Pass. You got the so Game I didn't have to pay anything for this. This is great. Game Pass. Yeah. So I played on Xbox and immediately was drawn in. And that, like, astonishment of how beautiful this game was and unique. Like, it looked like an episode of, I don't not like Dragon Ball Z, but almost this, like, anime type animation sometimes. It was just beautiful and stylized but not stylized in an abstract way stylized in and also not like a you know realism at all but this like very specific art style that they stuck with throughout the entire thing through all the characters that range in body types and sizes and everything uh but yeah i think the artwork to me was even though this game has a lot of amazing things the artwork to me was the thing that constantly stood out to me and kind of kept me wanting to go back and play like for 15 minutes here or 20 minutes there just to watch kind of see where the characters how they would move up ladders and See the dragons come out of the water, that kind of stuff. I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah, I feel like I often have that same thought that you had of when I watch a trailer for something in the Switch store or whatever, and I'm like, this looks really cool, but that's absolutely mm-hmm. not what it's going to look like when I play right. it. And I like, I hate game trailers because of that. Yes. I'm like, I want to actually see what the game I'm playing looks like. And with this... They're all like and the pre-rendered s- animations and right. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so with this, when I played it, I was like, oh, this actually looks like the thing that I kind of was falling in love with when I looked at it in the Switch store. I was like, sweet. Well, that's awesome at the gate. And I think, you know, as much as I said it was about like, oh, this kind of seems like Fallout Shelter when Jason asked, like, what was yeah. it that about that description that drew me? I mean, obviously, I host another podcast that's about like death and horror and things like that and the idea of a game that was somehow a meditation on death i think it drew me in anyway and in this game basically you're playing this character who is the spirit fair which i said it's yoku's island express but with death instead of male so you come into this game and the old spirit fair is like hey i'm done here you become the spirit fair now and your job now is like this river stick sort of situation where you are taking souls who are in the process of, you know, transitioning from life into death, into the afterlife, whatever um, goes on beyond that. And so I thought that was an intriguing concept in and of itself. I was just like, huh, like, okay, that's a thing I can get into. That sounds like right up my creepy kid alley. Uh, And then the game itself not only has just these incredible emotional moments as a result of this, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but in terms of the gameplay of getting there, uh, I was surprised at how much I loved 
everything in the process. You know, there were so many different elements of this game. It's not one type of game through and through. I'm doing so many different kinds of little like errands that you run, challenges that you have to do. Some of them are like, you know, your dexterity at doing something. Some of it's just like, you know, going and growing stuff and making sure you harvest it and making sure you're not starving your sheep or whatever, like stuff like that. There's so many uh, fishing, which is one of my favorite things in Animal Crossing is in this as well. Like there's just all these different elements and pretty much all of them are fun, which is amazing to me. Metallurgy. I mean, there's all sorts. There's I was was, was probably my least crusher. The crusher was probably my least favorite. That was my favorite. Really? (laughs) Oh, I love like, counting how many hits it took to make whatever thing you were trying, what a grain or whatever. You're trying I knew to make. when I was playing it that the crusher was your. <laughs> like I knew, I was like, oh yeah, Ben. That was. Good. I think it was the smelter that was terrible. Which oh, one's this, the smelter? I, I never understood the smelter. I never yeah. got the hang of the, it. I didn't understand. Just the banging and it took. Oh, so that's the one long. I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, that one was horrible. The crusher, I could yeah. see the satisfaction. What was the key? Just banging on it forever. But not too much and not yeah. too fast, uh-huh. but sometimes fast. There was no rhyme or reason to that there was whatsoever. No. That and the windmill both were... I figured out the windmill. Uh, yeah. I figured out the windmill. It, it took me so long to figure out the Just windmill. Just keep it full? Was that No, you've got to raise and lower that one bar yeah, to so wherever that, like, like the wind is at that point. Mm-hmm. And it changes based upon you moving. I never yeah. did that, but I never ran out of grain. <laughs> yeah, I messed with that for way too long. Didn't even yeah. know there was a thing. Cool. Wow. Even stuff like that. The fact that we can have all like the full spectrum of understanding of all of these different game mechanics and we all rave about the game. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine playing like Treachery and Beatdown City and be like, I never understood how to punch, (laughs) but I loved it. Like you wouldn't like that game. Corey, can you can you imagine that? I can imagine that very vividly, actually. So so the the moment I was sold on this game is when it said press X to hug. Oh. Mm. Daffodil? Every five seconds. Oh, Which I loved Always. about that horror game we played, too, when yeah. we get to hug the nails. Yeah. So clearly yeah, that right. was, you know. I had no idea. Like, I knew. But I really had no idea the depth to which I miss that human connection of hugging other people. Mm. And why this was the perfect game for this moment. Because of that, for me, I... Uh, Jason's daughters and wife have a very lonely life, apparently. <laughs> Well, we're, we're, we're different, and different people like different things, right? And so That's true. Uh, That's true. two members of the family that do not like hugs and two members of the family that do. And I can, I can only hug Harper so much. Uh, That's fair. Mm, yeah. You know, it's That's great true. every two yeah. seconds. But I loved it. I loved the casualness of it. I loved the, you know, we're, we're walking around. It's like we're interacting. It's like, you know what? I think you need a hug right now. <laughs> and the idea that, like, you can't do it twice in a row. It's like, nah, that's a bit right. much. Sometimes they don't. You know, well, yeah. come yeah. back later. Come back later. Uh, some characters just don't, yeah. which I get, and that's fine. I'm I'm glad that they're kind of a, a minority. Yeah, on the, there's like at least one character that yeah. does yeah. not want it. I'm glad that there was only one character because I, I wanted lots of hugs, and I needed that. But, uh, you know, I'm also glad that that character existed. I think the hugs were Ed's favorite part. Oh, my gosh, I love the hugs. <laughs> yeah, I, I had informed Corey that I have my top three hugs. <laughs> okay, all right, let's, let's find it out. <laughs> Top, top three. Oh top yeah. Three so, oh, it's, I know number one's easy, right? Um, I think we go from three to one. Well, first off, I think I know Ben's number one. It's gotta be Stanley. right? It's easy. Ben's is, is Stanley. It's Stanley. Come on, it's gotta be <laughs> Stanley. Sure. Not, my the best. not my number one. Oh, oh the way he wraps his little body around you is very sweet. Too Backs up. No, it's, oh, man. it's your leg up. Oh. My number one is Gwen, and it's oh. because oh, it's pretty great. Yeah, she's always surprised by it, and mm-hmm. yeah, she does that to it for a second. Mm. And then realizes that she actually does want to hug you. 
And it's like that yeah, entire yeah. arc happens in like six frames of animation. And right. and I'm just like, oh, oh, this hug is so good. It's so important. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also like it's usually br- knocking away a cigarette to do it. So it's like even more meaningful. Like, <laughs> Oh, my kids were so confused by that. They're like, what is what's Gwen doing? What does she have in her mouth? And I wanted to be like, it's a toothpick. Uh, it's a piece of straw. But I was like, I just dove in. I was like, that's a cigarette. Some people smoke them. We live in different times where kids are like, what's that thing? Like, totally. Oh, your parents aren't doing that in the house? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're not watching the shows yet where that's a thing. Yeah. Mad Men is next year. My daughter's favorite hug was a tool. She needed yes! to always... And oh. my favorite person yeah. him, that caused Ed to like, do Wallace hands. Yes. <laughs> and he's snoring at night. Uh, my daughter yeah. loved his story. And the first tank. time she heard it, she was like, what is that? Where is he? And I was like, well, oh. let's go find him. And she goes, oh, he's, mm. he's sleeping while he's swimming. He's sleeping in the water. And she like, every time I would play it. And so after Atul left, which, okay, we got to get into oh, details man. now. Ooh. First off, wait, 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 I, wait, 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 I have wait, not wait, looked up, up spoilers to find out if other people's experiences were different. I was going to say, you know. But did you get everyone to the Everdoor? Yes. Or did, Okay. You don't I have to. You not. don't have to get. A, you can leave Elena. And um, by the way, Buck was a Buck. basilisk. Pretty sure Buck was a parrot in my game. What? Apparently, he's a basilisk. Yeah, I thought he was uh, some form of bird as well. Yeah, a big old yeah. beak. Anyway, so Jason, sorry. What I mean? Yeah. What wait, I mean wait, by not getting wait, to the Wait, hold Everdor. on, hold on, hold on, though. We didn't hear Ed's third hug. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> oh, uh, well. Okay, so my my third hug would be Alice. Just what a lovely oh, old lady. Old lady Alice. Also Glee, super sweet. Yeah. Glee Alice. Glee. <laughs> and then I, I do have an honorable mention, which is Elena, the uh, insufferable doge. Because what? when you you do take her to the door and yeah. like you finally get that hug, her little ears pop up. Mm. And mm. it's just so precious and lovely. And I was like, all right, yeah. you've softened my heart. Now get out of here. <laughs> Definitely screenshotted that. Yeah, it was sure. a good finish. <laughs> That was hard one. Now, Jason, we can move on. I just really needed to hear about the hug it's, ranking because okay. I've been it's, thinking it's, about her hug ranking all day. Well, I, I've got to find it. I've been, waiting, I've been waiting weeks to find this out, to find out if I did something wrong. So <laughs> I did not take Atul to the Everdoor. You do not. You don't get to. Well, you, I, you don't take him. He okay, disappears. this is what right? I wanted to know. Mm. Yeah. Is, is, does yeah. that happen right, to everyone? Or would, did I do something wrong? No. Because at one point you, he just is like, I'm out. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. Which was such a great emotional story moment for me. I found a thing specifically looking it up because he, when he left, it broke my heart. Because I, yeah. you know, you spend so much time trying to get that fried chicken for him. You have your party and he just abandons you and it's so sad. But um, someone had a list of all the like stories, uh, like yeah. the, the full backgrounds and things of their stories, which I guess comes from an art book. And oh, is that where it comes from? Because I read it on the, Ben sent like a wiki thing earlier mm-hmm. about it. And yeah. I was reading the stories, and I was like, where'd these come from? So Same. I was like, this makes no sense. But I guess <laughs> it's basically based on a, someone that Stella knew her uncle who just disappeared one day and, yeah. like, how she dealt with that. And so I was like, all right, that tracks. But, like, I would have liked to say goodbye. He was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. and Which, I mean, yeah. that's this whole game, right, is this yeah. constant, like, dealing with different forms of death and how this happened the thing that i learned from that that i don't know if i just missed this in the game or if it's from this other book but that i guess stella's story is that she's like a palliative care nurse um in her life 
And so all of these people who come onto her boat are people that she took care of as they were dying in her actual life until she eventually is dying and going through this. Not all. Yeah, I guess there's so there's not a tool, right? Not a tool because a tool was her dealing with this uncle who had disappeared in her actual life. And there's um, Buck, uh, is mm. which like if you try to take Buck to the Everdoor, like he he won't he doesn't go I guess because he's like um, actually I've I've already been gone essentially like I was already dead um, and that's like someone who uh, like had died young that was like a friend of Stella's sister or something like that um, and so it's like she'd kind of idolized this person in real life and implanted him into her sort of experience of dying and thus he tells her like and maybe you should consider moving on as well here if you haven't already done that before you experience taking him to the everdoor so but ultimately i think that's yeah that's a part of this story that i didn't know that you're kind of her doing this is sort of her reliving what she was doing with her her actual life so so I, I did figure out that she was, uh, I, I thought hospice nurse. I wasn't sure, but I knew it was some kind of end of life care. Yeah, right? something like um, that, yeah. And I didn't know about the, the wiki. Like I, I hadn't clicked on and looked through and seen these other stories that, that play it out. Um, I'm going to say that I will not read any more because I just read Gwen's, and it went very counter to my interpretation. Mm, and so interesting. One thing I want to say is, like I think what I loved about the game was that it, it works like a poem in that it gives you enough really concrete details, really specific details, and at least a lot open for you to interpret, right? I am not going to click on Stanley's, and I forbid any of you telling me what actually happened. No. Nope. Right? I'm not going to. Because the way that he talked about it was so beautiful and heartbreaking and this, and if I find out the actual story, it's going to be a letdown no matter what it is, no matter how yes. moving it is, because that's the way I felt with Gwen's. Reading hers, I was right. like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And it wasn't like you're wrong. It was just like I didn't. I didn't want that answer. I didn't want an answer. Can I read Giovanni's? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I could be kill him. I could not be more Roast let him. down. <laughs> cool. Feel free to read it. I, I feel like Giovanni's right now, was exactly what I expected of it was like some just some a hole that was that she had to care for for a well, few it's months. Like, I mean, yeah, like Giovanni and and um, what's her face? Astrid. Astrid. Um, who are the lions? They mm-hmm. lynxes, I think. Lynxes, Ooh. whatever. I don't, I don't know. Um, Actually, they... Corey, uh, Giovanni's <laughs> a lion. Astrid is a lynx. Yeah. There oh, you go. okay. Well, there you According go. According to the wiki. Um. So they're like interesting in that their backstory has them both in World War Two. Um. And so she. Her backstory has to do with like hiding Jews and all this kind of stuff. And oh, wow. his backstory has to do with being like a part of the like resistance against fascism. Yep. Whoa. So he's got yep. kind of a cool little story. That's all in the game. And that's that sense. part's all in the game. Um, yeah, it's like that that kind of comes up in it in it that way. I mean, I, I knew that. I remember that. Yeah. I remember the the Jew thing. I did not remember the resistance thing. But um he also like he just kind of ends up like you know, he wanted to charm everybody. It was kind yeah. of his his thing in that, like, he did that at the expense of his relationship with Astrid many times, which she loved him. And that he, you know, towards the end, starts understand the pain he's caused her, but is never really apologetic. Like, doesn't really 
he's not remorseful about it. And that's exactly how it comes across in the game. <laughs> like, yeah, look, I'm looking at the wiki now. It oh, says that in life, he was a very faithful <laughs> husband who never even flirted with another person and uh, stood by her. No, no, it doesn't say anything like that. I'm kidding. <laughs> I had on my skeptical eyes. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think a lot of the backstories are essentially kind of what you get from this. But I do think you're right in that your interpretation is a lot of it and your own sort of emotional connection to them. One of the things about this game is I feel like a lot of times in playing it, and I don't know if you guys had the same experience, I would be annoyed with the people that I was ferrying. You know, like they're very demanding. They can be rude. They're, you know, it's like they can't just ask you for food. They have to be like, ugh, I'm starving. Where have you been? Like, you know, you're like, okay, like, cool it. Just like calm your tits for a sec. Um, and so like sometimes they'd be really annoying, but it was often like you think of Mickey and Bruce, right? I think that was one mm-hmm. of the big ones that mm-hmm. like had the biggest turnaround for me in their death where, uh, you know, Mickey is a bully this entire time. And as you check everybody's moods throughout the boat, it's constantly like they, <laughs> they're always a little sad because Mickey's bullying them. And you're like, I just want to get this guy off my boat so that he stops making all of the people on my boat sad. And then when you're taking him to the Everdoor and you see this sweet, like, protective brother who is just trying to do everything that he can uh, for his brother who is dying and in care and just, like, you know, that, like, that hits you. Then you're suddenly, yeah. like, he's doing all this, like, out of love mm-hmm. that he's yeah. he's learned to be bossy and a bully because he's just trying to get the best possible care for his brother right. and he cares so much about him and he doesn't know how to do it, you know, in any other way. That uh that was definitely my first like weepy moment in this yeah. game. I was like, oh, so precious. Like, oh, my entire heart. It took me a long time to notice that it was the, the hummingbird yeah. that was speaking Same. as well. <laughs> you know, midway through their journey, I was like, Is yeah. I see yeah. who's talking. Well, okay, and that's the it. thing, right? So yeah. he's, this tiny little hummingbird is carrying yeah. this big old bull around, you know, moving him to. And I always love, like, if you start trying to talk to him from the back, he'll pick him up and turn him around. <laughs> So that he's facing you. (laughs) But that's the thing is it's like this, you know, brother who's like in a coma or whatever and can't do anything for himself. And he is doing everything in his power to make sure that he is taken care of. And so, of course, he doesn't want like the shitty food you're trying to give him. You're going to give him the good stuff, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it, Mickey. I see. And just the metaphor of the animals and the sizes of the giant bull or water buffalo or whatever he is yeah, being the, is, the person but... who's in a coma mm-hmm. and the tiny hummingbird is the one who has to kind of step up and take and protect and take control and provide basically mm-hmm. for the giant water buffalo. Literally carry his brother. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's this big, imposing, seemingly immovable object that can only be moved and cared for by this tiny little hummingbird. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing story. There's a lot of those. Yeah symbolism in in the animal that they are and the role they play back to uh you know cory gave a general overview of the game uh one mechanic that I, I don't think we've talked about a lot but we kind of alluded to is that um as you do quests for people right right after a certain amount of quests they then decide they're ready to go through the door and at first that system is pretty opaque when you're playing it mm-hmm. like you you understand yeah. there's some relationship there but you can't figure it out by the end of the game uh, i remember when i took astrid to the door i found out where the countdown was 
Right. There was a countdown in the um, like quest thing. There was a number that was attached to it that kept you know counting down from six, five, four, three, two, one each day. And I was like, oh, I can. It should not have been a surprise to me. It didn't have to be a surprise that a tool was going to go away uh, because Wait, it I says did not notice yeah. this at any point. So this I didn't notice it. <laughs> sure? Astrid, yeah. Uh, it said the the quest for her because at this point I started actually pulling up the quests and for the most part mm-hmm. I didn't I just remembered what they told me to do and I went and found it and occasionally I'd pull it up to be like wait where was I going again yeah. I had to do that constantly because I have no memory so so <laughs> Astrid's oh, I did quest, I didn't notice a number next to it Astrid's yeah. quest said um, take some time to enjoy things or something like that right that was her quest and it Ooh. said uh, one of six I was like oh okay I don't know what that means. And then the next day I noticed it said two of six. And I was like, oh, no. And so I, I think it only happens at that final thing when there is a countdown after you've done mm-hmm. their like last act. Yeah. Then it becomes sure. this thing where you've got some more time with them. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that one specifically. I don't, did it do that for everyone? Because I do remember at least. I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it might have just been that one that did it. Okay. Because I only noticed it then and she was one of the last. I. Oh, and that was one of the first that I, I did, yeah. I think. But. Uh, it was because, like, because it's not a distinct quest with Astrid, right. so it's like right. it's telling you, like, you are progressing with this. There's nothing you yep. can do as opposed to, like, with the other ones, you are actively like going and doing something to accomplish mm-hmm. it. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that was with everybody or with that one, but obviously I'm not. So, I don't. What also um, took me made this game last a lot longer for me was not realizing that you could press like select for the quests. Yeah. So it was doing it all based on dialogue. And there were some times where I was playing it before bed where I might've like, you know, skipped through some dialogue as I was falling asleep. And the next day I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And just hopping from Island to Island and talking to people and seeing what would happen. Once I found that, Oh no, it was almost a game changer, but I still had issues finding some things. So (laughs) game changer. I definitely did a ton of that before. I, it took me a long time yes. to find out that I could do that. And that's why I was like, yeah. with Astrid, I was like, oh, everybody must have had this. Because I found the quest system yeah. so late or even <laughs> noticed it was there. Yeah, but okay. I feel better about it. <laughs> be, because of the opacity, you know, I couldn't predict when people would go away, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and with yeah. our tool, we talk about how emotional that was. Something that happened twice to me was me getting twofers, where I would take oh, someone yeah. to the yeah. Everdoor, and on the way to the Everdoor, someone would be like, hey, um, by the way, I'm ready to go too. Yeah. And I had different, very different relationships. Um, yeah. and I, it sounds like we probably interacted with two people differently and like they connected to different characters in different ways. For me, I kind of didn't care about Alice all that much. I liked leaving her around. I liked those moments. Mm-hmm. But her as a character before that, uh, I felt like the only thing I cared about was actually the caring for her. Um, that, right. that felt close. I didn't like her as a person. How many times did you leave her on the bow of the ship? <gasps> never. never. <laughs> me neither at all. Uh, oh. I, I loved Summer. And so I'm taking Alice there, uh, and I'm like, "Oh, the snake! Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "Okay, I'm get, gonna get Alice off my boat finally." Okay, no, I'll walk you there. It'll be very sweet. It's very meaningful. And then the second I get there, Summer's like, "All right, well, I think it's about time." I'm like, "How dare you? No, you're <laughs> not, you're not, not here for you." <laughs> um, and that that leads to I, I don't want to speed through the the questions too much, but but what I really want to get to is the the question of. How did you react when you found out it was Stella's turn to go through the Everdoor? Mm. What was that like? Because the game tells you, like, when you're ready, go to the Everdoor. It doesn't give you yeah. a time limit. doesn't say you have to. And it doesn't imply that you can play after that. Because right. I was sitting there going, I don't know if I'll be able to play more. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. 
this was a I think this is the most sort of like this is a game moment for me, which almost took me out of it a little bit because I wasn't sure. And then it was a matter of like it was like a choose your own adventure book where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can keep my thumb in the page. You know, like every time I would die in a choose your own adventure, I'd be like, but my thumb was in that last one. Let's try the other one. You know, and so it became so consuming that I had to go to the Everdoor because it was all I could think about. Like I was like, I have to, I have to do it, and then I'll just see what happens. And you know, afterwards I will see if I can go back in. Yeah. Um, and that was like that was honestly like I think you know it's moving and all that kind of stuff, but it was probably the least it, what didn't hit as well as it should have yeah. for me because I was so caught up in the like am i done with the game and thinking so hard about that that it didn't have that it didn't kick the way some of the other stuff did so i had a very similar reaction of being like i don't know what's going to happen is is this going to do that and i was fully expecting after credits for it to come to the main screen and not have a button that said continue yeah i thought the same i I thought the same thing and i wanted a new game plus so very quick very (laughs) quick very quick spoiler (laughs) alert for another game for Nier Automata. Nier Automata has that moment, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's far enough from this that I just want to tell you, like, it has a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, is it just going to, is it going to erase everything? Is this, yeah. is that where we're going? And then Nier Automata is the game that follows through on that. And mm-hmm. does. <laughs> and one of the most beautiful things about that game was the moment that I finished it, taking it out of my uh, PlayStation, put it in its box, and putting it in the mail and sending it to someone else. And just mm. being like, this game is complete. I have, right. I can do nothing more for this game. You have The game erased itself, basically. It, it told me that I can no longer do anything. This is perfect. Right. I've reached completion. And as much as I like playing Spiritfarer and enjoyed playing it after, I kind of wish it had done that, too. Of, because yeah. of the emotional moment that I think it really earns. Where When I decided to go to the Everdoor, my first thing was, no, I've got all of these quests. Same. And I re- reflected on it, it was like, that's how death works. Yeah. It doesn't wait for you to be done. And me letting that go point. was a very emotional moment for myself to say, like, yeah. I don't get to finish my quests. Death means mm-hmm. you don't get to finish what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, which was very heartbreaking. And so I, I, I love the ending for that reason. Yeah. I did not think about it that way until right now. And that, yeah, <laughs> I, it's fascinating. I'm just like of the idea of, like, how do you respond when they tell you it's yeah. your turn? I was like, oh, cool. I guess I have, I'll finish these things before I go there. I didn't think right. it was like death, like de- what is it? Death not pauses for no one. Death stops for no waits, one. Death, waits for no man. Death stops. waits for no man. Yeah, whatever Jason said. It's an Emily Dip- Dickens. Oh, because I could not step stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. Right. Oh, yeah. That I, there was no like. That's, that's what I think we're searching for. Poetic or philosophical decision. I was like, oh, I sh- I'll finish the Elena stuff, and then I guess it's done. That was what was so funny <laughs> to me when it was like you're like, did you guys finish 100? percent We're like, no, and you're like still chugging through all that stuff. I was like. I mean, that makes perfect sense for how you play a game, too. That yeah. You were just like, I have quests to finish. I'm going to do this. Uh, but Alice told me I had to, so... I haven't crushed all the sunflowers yet. <laughs> <laughs> crush, 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 crush. There was a part of me that thought that, like, maybe the point also was that, like, because it was so impossible for me to complete those last quests, like the gold dragon and stuff like that for a while... And because I didn't realize that, like, the extreme lightning storm and stuff like that were different than the regular ones and stuff like that. Like, so I was like, oh, maybe it is the point that I can't actually finish these. And so I have to, 
you know, go to the Everdoor with these things unfinished. I like genuinely did not know I could actually finish them because I was like, this is impossible. How am I supposed to get a third of these lightning bolts or a third of these whatevers that you can't do that? (laughs) (laughs) I cleared out all of my boat to do it. (laughs) So I I was like, nope, everything's coming down. We're getting this stuff. (laughs) That's very smart. Also, I, I did finally beat the gold dragon and I was like, I was very zen about this whole thing. I was like, all right, I got a cup Dashing of tea. Dashing and double jumping and floating. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I know where like the airflow things are because I've failed yes. at this so many times and all this stuff. I was like, I need to breathe because what I do is I panic. And so I start hitting buttons when I don't need to hit buttons because I'm like, Wah! and I think that I've like, I'm like, oh no, I'm in midair and like now maybe I didn't aim right, so I better hit it again. And then I like enter right. the water and I stress out. And so I was like, I'm going to be very zen about this. My mom came down the stairs partway through and, and started talking. I was like, Shah! no, I'm <laughs> beating the gold dragon. She was like, okay. Is that what you call it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Michelle, no. Oh, listen, that's made so much better. The fact that every person here knows, knows Corey. <laughs> That's great. That's mom. It's the all. Yep. Uh, She's beating the gold uh, dragon again. Oh, God. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway. Oh, my stomach. Uh, So, yeah, I, like, was very zen about it, and I finally was like, and I did it, and everything was strategic. I beat it in plenty of time. Everything was good. I went, and I got the the other two challenges. I was like, oh, my God. I just beat all of this. And then it crashed. Oh, man. I lost oh. all of it. Oh, do we have an issues <laughs> section? Because I have issues. <laughs> Glitches and whatnot. Yeah. That, oh, my God. Yeah. In like 60 something hours of playing this, I didn't hit a single glitch until like 55 hours in. Wow. And then stuff like this happened. I hit one one hour in, and mm. Stella got stuck and like couldn't jump between things. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, and this was during the first week of playing back in August. Like mm-hmm. it had just come out that day or the day mm-hmm. before, or something like that. And and I just went, well, they'll release a patch, <laughs> uninstall. Oh, moved on with my life. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, pl- I played for an hour, got stuck, and was like, I like this game. I want to check it out. I'm not going to play yeah. a game that's buggy right now. I'll just wait. Yeah, and it'll be that's fine. smart. And uh, Jason's yeah. going to play Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> in five years. Yeah, yeah. Well, we put a yeah. hundred hours into People a buggy, did. broken game. Yeah. No one would. Yeah. Do that. No one would do that. <laughs> just raise <laughs> to to both Cyberpunk and this. Mine yeah. was bad the whole way through. Oh no! Like, it crashed oh, no. so many times. Like if I played for more than an Switch? hour, yeah. Wow. If I played for more than like an hour, I would like save. I would like back out and save just to make sure oh, that it wouldn't totally. crash on me because you'd lose like a full day oh, is yeah. quite a bit yeah. of time in this game, you know. And yeah. so there'd be like things that I would do and it all be lost and I already spent so much time wandering around aimlessly. Um, I also had a lot of issues with like re-sculpting the boat. So the arrow would just kind of like disappear and then it would like zoom out or zoom in and get stuck and then have to back out and then yeah, sometimes it would like let me back out other times it would just crash on the back out. Uh, It was was a glitchy mess. I think that also contributed to my kind (laughs) of giving up at a certain point. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. So did you not finish the main story then? Uh, I got, I didn't let 
Stanley Go. I watched that one and I watched uh, Daffodil and Stella online because I just needed to see it. But totally. I think it was also just my, my apprehension of letting Stanley go. Like everyone else, there was just fucking Stanley. Oh, and that one like, hurt too. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I was, I sent Ben and Jason a picture. Well, I might have sent you it as you well. You sent me a, a video just, like, of just solving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, my, my last one of that was the, the, Bruce and Mickey, but that one, I was like, oh man, I'm not ready for Stanley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, just just imagine if you had to read Stanley's departure out loud for a six year old who was interested in oh. it. Oh, oh Between your own tears. Like, yeah. We're just sitting there, and she's like, you could, I could tell that she was starting to like, maybe she's going to cry too. Oh. And like, she doesn't know what to do, and daddy's Especially, starting to cry, and this is yeah, uncomfortable. Like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh no. Is- and the way Everyone's he talks is so, it is a six-year-old. It's like, yeah. but I wanted to be good for my mom. And I it's so mean when people are mean. Why are people mean, Stella? Just like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and he wanted to win. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to win. That's right. In his first mm-hmm. quest. What was the first one? The, was the that the one where, that where he's where he in the kitchen? Remember, it's white? Fuckinage? Oh. Fucking egg. Get the fucking egg. Yeah. It's spelled F-A... Yeah. It's spelled F-A-K-K-E-N-H-A-E-G-E or something like that. It's fucking egg. Get, yeah. get the fucking egg. Like, listen, if you're, if you're from Massachusetts, you got that real quick. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking egg. Yeah, that's fantastic. You read that as fucking Because I was like... <laughs> I was like, it must like, be some cool. sort of like French thing. I don't know. I don't yeah. know where anyone's from in this game. <laughs> I was, like, didn't get it. It's a, it's a I think that mushroom. was intentional, though. Yeah. You're supposed to look at it and be like, oh, the fuckingage. Yeah. When, well, the second he says, because he elaborates and he says, like, my mom used to always yell it in the kitchen for me for yeah. me to get the fuckingage. Yeah. yeah. I was like, the second it read that, I was like, oh, I get it. Now. Oh, I, I follow. Yeah. I follow. Yeah. We need an egg. I'm gonna go get you an egg. Mm-hmm. Be a long time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, should we get to our four questions? I, I changed the order to kind of to end with the biggest one, probably. I know, Ooh, I'm so sorry. Always play with their minds. Exactly. I was kind of thinking about um, Mark. What do you think of that? Is, that? is that with a C or with a K? Well, um, my name is with the K. <laughs> so I was thinking maybe my band could be with the C. So... That way, it's kind of like that psychedelic, you know, trip thing. <laughs> Always play with their minds. <laughs> uh, question number one, the best glim-making scheme you contrived. And Jason, you told me one early on that really helped, but I found another one that I relied on more. Yep. But I think the one you told me about was probably the fastest. Even in the late game, I think it was the fastest. I yeah. think it was the fastest. You want to say what it was? Yeah, tea. You head down to the... Uh... Sweet tea. I tried out sweet tea. I'm not sure if it paid off, right? Because I did some math on it. Um, if you get that crusher down, though, man, you're crushing no, no, sugar. Ben, ben, ben let him explain because I don't understand what tea means. That, that's literally <laughs> okay. the only thing okay. I wrote too is tea. <laughs> nice. So, so you you get to grow crops in this game, right? And uh-huh. I figured out early on, I, I grew some tea, and I was like trying to give it to people, and people were like, "Oh, thanks, that's some nice tea." Okay. And then I, I went to go sell some stuff, and it's like uh, the the sauerkraut, Stormstrom wrong, whatever it is that I, I made, <laughs> and it took like five different ingredients and six different shops to make it happen, and it was worth like 200 glims. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just kind of scrolled down, and I see that my tea is worth 400. And I'm like, wait, that takes five five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, even that's to do all five of them, it's so instant. fast. Um, and so... I started doing that. And then you can add sugar to it and make sweet tea. You can add milk and make English tea. So I started to play with those. And then oh, I, I realized that. That's good. when you when you do that, though, if I put in five um, 
teas and five sugars, I get out five sweet teas, not ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and averages so it out. Ingredients-wise, and, and it did pay like 500 glims. Ingredients-wise, so, it was a lot quicker to just keep rolling tea. It's not like it takes a while to cook it. Like I, the, I just the most efficient then and fastest would be to do four sugars in one tea. Yes. Yep. Or no, five sugars in one tea, and you get three sweet teas. Yep. Especially when you get the the sugar multiplier when you, you upgrade the right. pressure. When you okay, upgrade I didn't the know pressure, about yeah, that exactly. But well, that's what I did with onion rings because onion rings is worth mm-hmm. eleven hundred. What? And so, uh, but it takes way too long. I don't think there's what? a way. To, yeah, it takes impossibly long but i just love the idea that i'm like i had like 60 onion rings in my wallet towards the end and i like cashed them all out before i went because it's all about what you can take with you past the Everdoor. that's what it's about kids uh but i did the trick yeah where i did five flowers to one onion because yep. on, you, you like grow you only uh reap one onion when you grow onions so then you get three things of, of onion rings but that was my best money making even though it took forever but at, by the end i had like five fields three gardens four orchards like i had them all over the place so i had onions in everywhere yeah yeah i i got really psyched when i got gold the first time because i was like oh sweet i'm gonna start putting this on those those turtle sisters and they're just gonna keep breaking out gold and i'm gonna start selling it i sold it it was like worth 80 glims or 100 glims no one wants to buy your gold (laughs) subverts your expectations there (laughs) totally no one cares no no i'm going back to tea the british empire had this right (laughs) I will colonize this entire land. Put that in the <laughs> put that in the intro. Yep. yep. <laughs> now, the real key is when you start trading it for opium. Like that there was really go. cool when I got that. Right. That should be a new game plus. <laughs> new game plus. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, did you have any money making schemes? No, I didn't feel like I needed yeah. that many you didn't. glims. I think yes, that's I never really came to I think every time that I wanted something. Yeah. It was fairly easy to like, you know, jump off the boat, collect some clams or whatever, totally. like, you know, go through a lightning storm, pick up a few things here and there and then like, bam, you've got enough. So I didn't like I wasn't. Yeah, I didn't try to expand a whole bunch of stuff either, which just on the note of you saying you had all the fields and all that. I think I figured out like there wasn't really a reason to have all of that stuff. Well, you keep coming back to this. Was, no, no reason. You didn't understand to why. Have like, all you need to have stuff. more stuff. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> it was like, I kept on being like, this just makes more work for me, but I don't, it doesn't the, do anything. The numbers, the numbers go up. Numbers when go you do up. it, the numbers go up. And then my brain lets me feel the, the feel good chemicals. <laughs> oh, no. And the numbers go up. That's <laughs> Stanley and Alice just doing all the farming. <laughs> Also, <laughs> while we're on the note of the farming and whatnot, though, like, are there are there chickens or cows in this? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I had both. Mm-hmm. And she never, never got chickens or cows. You just build the structure and oh, then they I, appear. Well, I built the cow one. Or the, for and, the cow. Yeah, the cow one requires it. I, I was like, oh, why do I have cow tickets? I don't remember requiring these. And then I built the cow barn thing and I had cow. <laughs> I, I bought a cow ticket. Yep. Good. And then I built a cow enclosure. And maybe I just haven't waited long enough since then, but I don't. Oh, yeah. I might just showed up. Yeah. The the cow enclosure requires a cow ticket for its construction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then there is no, a cow there. Yeah. And then it was just automatically in it. Yep. Yeah. I think maybe I just put my cow thing so high up that I never looked at it. Corey, have you <laughs> have you been feeding your cow? <laughs> oh, shoot. Maybe there's not a cow anymore. <laughs> Do they also, on that note, like, do the sheep start to get translucent if you don't feed them? I don't know. I would never do that. I okay. mine were always full. 
I forgot to feed them many times. Uh, and I think they start to they start to kind of like disappear and go a little gray. They die like Yoda. <laughs> Fade out of existence. Maybe. Okay, we get that you don't like Star Wars, Corey. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, I don't have any frame. Like, I know I've seen that. I just don't remember it. It, it, Um, It's like Spock when he uh, goes to the new planet uh, when they put him out through the. uh, Stop patronizing me. Don't try to relate to me. No problem. Uh, (laughs) All right. So you know season season three of DS Nine, right? Okay. So (laughs) they made nine DSs. Wait, go on. All that to say, see, this is why this is why I didn't need all these glims and farms and stuff like that because I couldn't even remember to feed my sheep. You hadn't earned your cows yet. <laughs> not hurt my cows. Uh, and they're like, you do not get a cow until you revive this sheep that you let go translucent. Um, anyways, yeah. So I did not have any glim making schemes. I have an issue with like a uh, resource allocation and like. Uh, I'm playing Story of Seasons right now, the new one that came out yesterday. And you, you know, you got to chop wood and turn it into lumber and all these different things. And then you build another thing with the resources you get and you expand an area. And I'm really bad at planning stuff like that. I just shove things in the machines and assume that it'll like output the stuff I need. And so that happened a lot in this game. I kept shoving things into the machines and, you know, hoping that I would get the right resources and kept making extra things and realizing you only need four of these sheets in your entire life. (laughs) <laughs> Stop making things ahead of time. Yeah. So that, yeah, once I once I realized, mellow out, wait for someone to ask, Yeah. then make it. I never had that, that realization. <laughs> Two comments based on this, by the way. One, speaking of shoving things into the machines, I became obsessed with the cutting wood and trying to get the mm. thing, yeah. which is like, I only managed to like perfectly get like maybe three times the entire game. Awesome. Uh, but I would just sit there like, Oh. Quick question there. Did you use the D-pad or the analog stick? Gotta go D-pad there. I went D-pad. Go D-pad. I went D-pad. Oh, I tried it and that was worse. That did not work for me at all. So much better for me. <laughs> no, it was all over the place. <laughs> My analog stick has this crazy drift where it'll just like fly upwards constantly. Yeah. And and so it was an extra challenge. But I yeah, I got good at that wood thing. Oh. I was like, I'm still, I'm going to get it. Yeah. And I couldn't do it on the D-pad. I never got, never got good at it, but I was really into that. Um, the other thing though, that I was going to say based on this is like, you know, a lot of times when we're playing games, we always talk about how you can see the different ways we play games in everything that we do. And I think what's kind of fun about this one is it's also, I feel like it is since it's about life and death, it also says a lot about like our mindset about things in general. And when I think about the fact that like, once I realized that doing this work didn't like benefit me in any way i was like well then i'm not gonna do that i'm like that's me that's i don't just like do shit (laughs) like once i realize like this isn't you know i i can't take it with me i can't you know none of this is going to benefit me then i'm like why am i you know why am i doing this and i can see like my personality come out in the way that i play this this game so i had a a a a kind of opposite direction realization is Corey, but I, I think it's like a kind of similar sentiment, which is I noticed that I wasn't progressing anyone's storyline because I kept being like, oh, wait, but over here there's more of this resource. Yes. And I got to do this to do this and do this to do this. And I was like, oh, wait, I forgot the actual game here. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I started to play the actual game. And I was like, but I like cutting the wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like growing the plants. And then I started growing the plants and doing that stuff and just being crush, like, crush, 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 crush. I'm going to do this because it's fun. 
yeah, I don't need any fish. I'm going to do the yeah. fishing thing. It's fun. I like the fishing yeah. thing. I, I, you do what's you know. satisfying to you. You know, it really gives you this sense of like, what, what do I value? What satisfies me? You know, I like to accomplishing tasks. I love to do something for somebody in that, you know, like, oh, you want me to do this thing for you? Great. That's like super fun to me. Um, you know, we're like just the rhythm of fishing or things like that. But, you know, it was kind of a like you figure out what what makes you tick a little bit. Speaking of which, uh, let's go around. What was your favorite mini game or activity to do? Lumen. Just, just hitting that loom when you got it Dude. so that it would. Uh, so the way you play the loom is like the... you pull back a little bit and each material is slightly different. Yeah. And when yeah. you, you stretch it just enough, you let go. And knowing that sweet spot because you get in the right range and it works. But if you yeah. get it like right on the head, mm. it glows and you get an extra material. Yeah, it's really satisfying. And then my brain lets me feel all the good feelings. And I like <laughs> All the dopamine. Oh, mm-hmm. it releases yeah. them. Thank you, brain. <laughs> yeah, silk, silk fibers. Woo! That was fast. Mm. <laughs> Tough stuff, man. I kept waiting for someone and to be it, like, it goes, I need 500 yards of silk. Right. Who has it? I'll give them all the yeah. money. Yeah. No one wanted my no, silk. No the entire silk. game, no one wanted no. silk. No. I had a whole orchard of silk. Which is funny because I got, I couldn't do anything for a long time because I didn't start doing silk until like the last two hours of the game. Mm-hmm. And there's oh, there big go. upgrades that you need it for. Like yeah. you need it for the mist clearer. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so it was like. That just takes a while. The second unit, you only need like two. But like, well, but it takes a while. I'm gonna have orchard. to go find how to even get silk, right? Dude, and then it Which turns out not it's a trees. Silk tree, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. What is this? But it's not trees. And then you, well, you yeah. grow it up, and then you know. It, but it's like it was long. The other thing I like about the loom yeah. is that almost everything goes through two stages. It starts as a fiber, turns into mm-hmm. a thread, and then goes into a material. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you take you you loom the fiber, it becomes a thread. You loom the thread, it becomes a material, and. Each of those also not, not leaks, not leaks. You're right. <laughs> Each of those uh, also connects back to like the rhythm of that material, whatever it is. So cotton fiber and cotton thread have about the same stretch to them, right? Versus uh, what was the one you were uh, silk? Silk has a much silk. shorter one, and it's both the cotton, both the the thread and the material have that. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I liked that resonance. I liked that they were the same, so that if you yeah. got in a rhythm with making the thread, you'd continue on to the material. So that you could sure. just keep in that same rhythm. Definitely. I don't know why I like that, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, no, it makes sense. <laughs> Who knows why kids like Apple Jacks? They just do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I really liked as frustrating. Like, I really like you know, like I said, the tasks and whatnot, and I enjoyed cooking. I just liked finding the recipes, and mm-hmm. you know, I still kind of want to yeah. finish finding all of the recipes. But oddly, as frustrating as it was, I really enjoyed doing the dragons. Yeah. Because I felt like it was, there was just like a lot to that. You were using different skills as you did it. Um, and, you know, it's very satisfying every time you kind of like hit one of the, the little quartzy things that's on the dragon. Like, so you got a lot of good like feedback from it. Um, you know, I just, I found the dragons like extremely satisfying to play and you know once they went away i was kind of like ah i kind of need to go find one again so i can go <laughs> play it like i really just I enjoyed doing those dragons even the really frustrating one that you know took me a bajillion tries to finally get it in the amount of time that i was supposed to get it in Corey, let me uh tell you about the future uh december 2021 
uh, Ben will record the holiday episode, and he's going to cut that segment about beating the gold dragon earlier that we all made a joke about (laughs) with you repeatedly talking about the actions it takes to satisfy. (laughs) How satisfying it is when you just you hit that course right there, you get it in the right spot when you're beating the gold dragon. Oh no! Just want to let you know. I just want to forecast for you what the future holds. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) It's good to know in advance. Ed, what about you? Uh, I mean, I, I did really like cooking that I found most satisfying. Yeah. I was a little bummed by the redundancy of some of the ingredients that like honey yeah. for how difficult it was to get just functioned like sugar um, <laughs> because I was just constantly just making everything. And it was also super hard to look through your ingredients or your recipes. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Too. That was hey, could you annoying. Put, yeah. Could you put honey in the cellar and make mead? No. Oh, yeah, I just, I just I, I, I wanted more things in the cellar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That seems like a very satisfying place to make stuff. But uh, yeah. I think the kind of like most fun, cleverest game, or not fun, but clever, was Buck's uh, little RPG game. Oh, yes. Like going yep. through and, and attacking the enemies. Uh, it's- Jason, you would love this. <laughs> it was really cute. He, um, you know, he tells you a story and like, oh, you're going to battle these guys. And it's basically just these little pop-up boards of enemies that you go around and you have to use that power that creates the, like the circle that lights the lighthouses, which doesn't, is it just me or did that not work super well for us? I never got that either. Oh, how did you? Oh, it didn't. It would like, it, I was like, does it need to recharge or something? Because I would just be sitting there. Forever. It's like three or four seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was just like, by the time I got to something, it was always gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it helps to pair it up with the like hip thrust. Because then it'll kind of launch you across the the areas. I also, yeah, <laughs> I had torn a lot of my buildings out at that point, so it made it a lot easier to get at them. And then only certain ones count. So otherwise, you're just knocking down a bunch and getting glims, but you don't need you know twenty glims. So it was really cute, and it it yeah, was a, it like a fun cute. concept. I didn't have fun doing it, but it was like, oh, like that's so cool that this is his thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Ben's, Ben's description of every game I bring that I'm so excited about. I, it was a fun concept, right? No, it's cool. I didn't have any fun playing it, but like I can see no. why someone with the right kind of brain might enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> ben, yours? I think the one that I thought someone else was going to mention because we've talked about it is just fishing. And it's one of the yeah. first things you can do. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about the things, maybe the thing that I liked doing the most and felt the most accomplished was just like getting from one area to another and I sent you you to a few um, screen grabs or videos of me doing that mm-hmm. of just like jump up here hip thrust I want to call it dashing from now on <laughs> hip thrusting to the left and like zip lining here and then hanging here like getting to like the, the front of the ship to the back like in the most efficient way possible as fast yeah. as possible uh, I really when I do that those combos or whatever I love that's when I was like I've mastered this game this is amazing uh, but I think fishing when I got that first tuna the yellowfin tuna. I was like, this is impossible. This is like a rock or something. And my daughter was there next to me and she's like, dad, I don't think this is going to happen for you. <laughs> I was like, This is going to happen. We finally got it. And there's like the, the violin music that's going on. That's just like high anxiety inducing. Yeah. But yeah, it took so long. I ended up getting a few tunas towards the end, but like the first time it felt like it took 10 minutes. Yeah. No, for real. And I, for the first few minutes, I didn't think it was possible. Me too. I, like, I guess it's the oh. line's just going further away every yeah. time. This is not, yeah. So, but that was very rewarding. I also catching, had a child mocking me for that one. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's helpful. Yeah. That was tough. Uh, that was a cool part of the game just because you can't 
because there actually are parts of the story you have to to um, advance. It was nice, and I usually did it at nighttime when there, you couldn't do when the ship wouldn't move. Yeah, I would just give the game to my kids. Yeah, and let them run around. There's only like three buttons in the game, kind of like Donut County. There's very limited. You don't need to be like highly skilled to do like combos or anything like that. They would love just fishing and just like sewing plants and throwing random things in the oven. They <laughs> loved it, so I would just let them do that for a while, and it was it was nice to just kind of like. Could walk away for a few minutes and come back, and they, you know, there's nothing they could ruin. By just, like, they could <laughs> yeah. throw all the honey in the oven, I guess, but right, whatever. You get a questionable but, meal or whatever, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. But they they loved it more than I did, probably. Just all the different like mini games and stuff. That was that was fun, a fun aspect of it. I was waiting yeah. for someone to like um, the questionable meals, and I was kind of bummed. I know, it was I was thinking jam. someone would. Yeah. Hey, a tool, a tool would eat them. Did you really? I'm pretty sure I gave him I something off. Yeah, yeah he, I know. He anything. You just, you I just wouldn't eat two in a row. To him, he wouldn't eat two I mean, in a row, right? Because you could offer yeah. him his favorite thing, but if it's twice in a row, no way. <laughs> right. I don't. Right. Did he care about that twice in a row? Because I feel like that would. He did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I kept trying to feed him fish. Like I was just throwing fish like he's a seal. Speaking of which, would have been great if Alex, because Alex is a psychopath, the bus guy. Yes. It would have been great that. if you could have given him yeah, the talk. questionable meals because yeah. you couldn't even talk to him. He's no. just like, don't no, call me Alexander. See you later. <laughs> My nightmare. I hate that guy. My By the nightmare. way, when yeah. I did not realize, you know, you're getting used to the game or whatever. So a few times I passed him and I was like, what oh, yeah. is that? <laughs> totally. I was trying to like click on it. I was like, what is happening here? What is that thing? Just, mark, mark, mark. Wait, like, what are you talking about? What's happening? Out the bus, the bus stop. Guy. Oh stop guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for Aaron to play the whole game and be like, "What bus? Oh. Stop? <laughs> There's a bus stop." I Do got pretty far. Bus stop. Yeah, it was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, so, do you? I think it was on Furugawa, somewhere in the southwest. There was a a person sitting on their porch saying, "I'm looking for, I think their brother." Yeah, yeah. For my brothers. Anyone see my brother? And like I kept finding people and be like, oh, this is probably the brother. And I'd run back and she'd be like, have you seen my brother? Yeah. Like, Did you figure out who the brother He's was? He's like shipwrecked by the uh, Everdoor. You find it? I found yep. it in like hour 50. Yeah. yeah. It was in the bottle, right? I, th- I found it was him in the bottle? before I found her. Yeah, there's a message in a bottle. Oh, message in a bottle. Just, oh, that's right. That's exactly what it was. Yep. I forgot about that part. Yeah. I yeah. found the message in the bottle pretty early on. Found him and he was like, um, yep, yep. Just got to go back to my sister whenever you find that. And I'm like. I like how you couldn't put him Do you on the ship. Like, like, any more information than that? Yeah, that that's it? yeah, and then you have to just abandon him there, and that was stressful. Like, I don't. Like you, <laughs> you could come with me while we do that. <laughs> no, nah. I'm, I'm going to wait right here yeah. until you tell me that you've talked to my sister. Across <laughs> that the was another yeah. weird thing about those like side stories is just how abrupt and just kind of like you know unsettling they were. Because then she's like, "Oh yeah, my brother's here," and he's like, "Why am I?" And he's all mad at you because now he's back with his sister, and that's just oh. the end of it. Like, all right. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't have to take you back here. I I could take you anywhere. Right? Right? You were shipwrecked. The issue was yeah. not that you were away from your, from your sister for me, since I found you through the bottle. <laughs> it was like a you problem, no. sir. Yeah. Tell exactly. me the place. I'll take you there. That sounds great. Uh, speaking of which, most annoying character, which could be the shipwreck person. I was thinking more of the main characters. Yeah, I hadn't even JD thought about side characters. I think we should say this one on three because I think it's the same person for all of us, or or at least most hated. I don't know. Uh, one, two, three, Giovanni. Oh, Elena. Elena. Yeah, I okay. had Elena. Giovanni second, please. Did everyone else say Giovanni? I did. No, I said Elena. Okay, so it's just me. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I, now, yeah, second, second least. Yeah. I did. I didn't finish Elena. 
Yeah. Right. So that was around that time where I kind of made the the decision that like, no, the game is done yeah, and I have to, to, to let it go. Um, and so I had Elena, Elena and Buck outstanding. I got the two people that finished her story and got like the most rewarding parts still thought she was yeah. the yeah. most annoying character. There's not like a, <laughs> here's the thing with most of them when they went to the Everdoor, like I said, it redeemed them in some way that mm-hmm. no matter how much mm-hmm. I hated them when I took them to the Everdoor, they had something to say or whatever that I was like, you know what? I understand, right. you know, what your life was, what your struggle was, things like that. And with Elena, you didn't, like, her her parting shot did not redeem her at all. I was just like, ah, now you're yeah. kind of a douchebag. Like, yeah, just like an unrepentant jerk and, like, very self-aggrandizing the whole way through and just yeah. never never really changed. The hug did give me the yeah. ooze, but other than that, right. like, like the, yeah, yeah. Her, it didn't make me change yeah. my mind about hating her the entire time and making me do all those tasks I hated. Yeah. Yeah, and just that sort of, you know, that sense of it was to improve you or whatever, like, okay, yeah, that sounds, I don't know. <laughs> it just felt like... Maybe if it had been at the beginning and it was like a tutorial... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, like, is, this how is how you play your... your dash abilities yeah. or whatever. Like maybe that would have been more understandable, and I would have appreciated actually getting better at the right. game. But yeah, the fact that she was one of the last characters is like I'm. I'm pretty good at this, and I'm just frustrated playing your mini games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to yeah. catch and a you're third of the lightning or whatever. About how miserable you made me, and that I can never right. measure up to your standards. <laughs> like, yeah, that was yeah. the yeah. When you like finally do something, you beat something one of her things, she still is like, eh, you could have done better. Like, oh. Oh, and then she says, and you have to give me one of your most prized possessions. <laughs> Remember, you have to give her, like, your brother's coin collection or a wedding, like a family heirloom oh, wedding yeah. ring. You have to give her one of these things to show that you've sacrificed to get where you are or something. I was like, Yikes. dude, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Elena yeah. for me. But Giovanni? Giovanni for Ed, me. I, I thought, I, I think one thing that annoyed me about him is, um, and I, I didn't play Elena, so I, I can't speak to that for her, but uh, I felt like the game wanted to redeem him in ways that I was unwilling to allow it to redeem him. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I think it was the way he just kept doubled, doubling down on being so charming in a, a way that, like, I never found him remotely charming. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, you seem to just be using people. I don't see you yeah. that is yeah. charming. Um, which is yeah. interesting because that is what the the story says the one that Ed was referencing and the one that's in the wiki is like he isn't really redeemed because he never fully he is unrepentant he doesn't really right. feel like he did anything wrong. oh no I was talking about Elena but I, that definitely fits for him sorry I was talking about Elena being the self-aggrandizing and unrepentant in her, yeah, no, in no, her no, way no. oh okay but yeah but yeah the, no <laughs> I was talking about the the like wiki how you were saying oh, yourself, yeah. the backstory came from something else from this other story gotcha yeah and that all the wiki explains all of that so I feel like the game maybe we assume that it's trying to redeem him yeah. when it's not yeah. really you yeah, know, I think that's like, probably because true. we think of these like for most of them, that's a the thing is you're annoyed by them most of the game. And then like when you take them to the Everdoor, you suddenly get this redemption. And Giovanni is like the one character or well, and Elena. Uh, but like Giovanni, you take him to the Everdoor and you're like, oh, no, you were like just kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah you, you have like the whole line of catching him cheating and like yeah. how yeah. much it hurts. Yeah. Uh, Astrid. Astrid. How much it hurts Astrid and the person you've already fallen in love with here. And so it's just, yeah, there's, there's 
Yeah. Get him out. <laughs> I hated that whole quest line too. It made me like Astrid less, less because uh, yeah. not like how do you put up with him, but like why would you make me do this? No. Yeah. Like I just wanted to say I'm oh, not. She was mad at you for telling I'm, the truth. Yeah, and, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to stalk your your husband to mm-hmm. make sure he's not cheating on you. If you're that worried about it, like figure it out together. And there's no option for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so the fact that I was playing along with that, and Ben, you're right. Like she was mad at you either way. Uh, yeah. Whether you tell her or whether you don't, I'm sure it's going to yeah. work out poorly. Yeah. And so even in telling her, I was like, I don't, I don't think this is the right decision. But I also don't think the right decision is to lie to her and say it's fine. I'm not going to cover right. for him, and I'm not, and in real life, I wouldn't just straight up go tell her. Um, right. <laughs> but I also wouldn't accept a quest to like go watch someone's husband to see if he's cheating on her. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Figure that You're out. You're being yeah. asked to do chosen. things you wouldn't do. Not for less than like a hundred thousand glims. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of takes you out of it to do something that's so against you know your nature. Yeah. yeah. In the game. Yeah. With Stella's yeah. big, big happy grin the whole time. All right. Fine. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Good. <laughs> sure. Hip thrust. So we have not, I think we mentioned Hades in passing, Ooh. and we also mentioned Alex the Seal. We haven't mentioned Francis the Wandering Merchant, uh, the onion-headed yeah. guy. And then He's like the my, guy from Parappa think, the Rapper. Yeah. Keep putting your soul in the mind if you want to test me. If you want to test me. I'm sure you'll find. Put your soul in the mind if you want to test me. I'm sure you'll find the things I'll teach you. And then I think my favorite character was the dad joke Hunting, oh shark, god the, i hated that the every single time i was so like good. can i oh, skip oh, this oh, oh, how do oh. like it's only oh, gonna take it. two seconds it. of my life for him to tell me this pun and it's totally. too long and i'm angry already every time i was like can i get past it can he not i love getting the achievement you listen to 50 of albert's puns was that a, was that a thing wow that's amazing yeah because you have to if you talk to him every time as well as like look in his shop i guess he you, get you always yeah, get great. achievements that like no one else would get. Like when we we're playing the Stanley Parable, <laughs> and it was like you tried this fucking <laughs> door eight thousand times. It was, like, it was like 150 times or something. Yeah, holy <laughs> was like no, tap the door again, tap it again, tap it again, try again. What, what y'all missed out on was congratulations. Uh, what y'all missed out on was dad. Dad, read, read what the shark says. Dad, read what the shark says. He's laughing. Uh, okay. Read the stupid joke. Read the pun. What is he laughing? What's he laughing about? Huh? I don't get it. Windmill? I don't get it. Well, I just got a windmill <laughs> on my boat, and it's it's. Um, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry. Sorry for the shark right, doesn't so actually sure. say oh anything. A, yeah, yeah. Oh, and by he's the, just giggling. <laughs> by the way, most annoying. I realized afterwards. I was thinking main character. The actual most annoying for me was Alex. And, I, I've told, and for me, it's probably the shark. Yeah, I've, I've told Corey and Ben why, and I haven't told you this yet, but. Uh, I ended up parked next to Alex one night, uh, and he was right next to the back of the ship where I was trying to fish, and I was like, okay, frustrating day, calm night of fishing, let's just do this, sit down, honk, honk, where? Honk, honk. <laughs> it was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. No, for the first time in 20 hours, I am going to sleep. Stella is going to bed. <laughs> I loved Alex's little loop. It made me happy every oh, really? single time. No, that was, yeah. I'm with, I'm with Jason. That it, was infuriating. Just like this, like, New Orleans second line sounding thing <laughs> every time it came around. I was like, woo, party. Yeah, for, like, the first two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just found it, it was, like, something, like, deeply funny to me. You know, when there's just... It's like how I've watched that Fenton video 8,000 times, and every time I'm, like, crying out of my ears, I'm laughing so hard. Every time Alex pulled up, 
I would just be giddy about it. <laughs> I'm like, I can't explain it. He just made me very happy on a deep soul level. Corey, you can fix this. I just need you to go to him again instead of stopwatch <laughs> for two minutes. And at the end of that two minutes, you'll be done with him forever. <laughs> oh, I have been there for much finish. longer than that because I would get distracted. I'd like pull up to the bus and then be like, wow. oh, now I see my stuff needs watering and things need to be pulled out and whatnot. And I'd go and I'd do that while he was still sitting there and think nothing of it. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say like, I would all. pull up and it'd be like, oh, it's my jam. And I would just yeah. stop everything. Turn it up, take the headphones out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually the the um onion head guy music bothered me more that was that was yeah. the one that i had to like if i left him there for too long i was like twitch twitch, twitch. <laughs> that was too much yeah. but yeah odd minute that's fair uh so favorite characters gwen stanley 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 gwen gwen for jason of course we've talked a little bit about that and then stan yeah stanley's yeah i just it's hard not to beat i mean Albert was great, but Stanley's probably my real number one. If you're talking like emotional, <laughs> I would agree with Stanley being number one. Yeah. I mean, he just, he yeah, was the full package. Like, you know, you, you yeah. grow him from a seed and then he has the most like, I mean, his quest where he wants to put on like the show for everybody oh. and nobody likes it. Uh, they did though. Sort of, they liked okay. it. Stanley, they, they liked, it. liked it. They did. He understood the subtext of their, he did. like, you know, yeah, it was better than I thought, but not really. No, liking no. I only had know. one Gustav, person there. Gustav gave him sincere praise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that was going to say. I was waiting. That, that's the one person we have not mentioned in an hour and 15 minutes into this episode. Yeah. It, and his description, because you have, like, links, you have basilisk you have a freaking mushroom a great white shark and his description of animal is bird <laughs> even the wiki doesn't give him and my description is nothing he's the only character i wrote nothing about because i just well, was like i remember his drafting table i built for him took forever and he liked fancy food yeah. i think gustav was i believe it was gustav who this is why he wasn't my most annoying character because he probably would have been uh, his like exit speech was Mark. Uh, and he goes and he's like, basically like life is meaningless yep. and you make <laughs> meaning of it anyway. Yep. Like it's basically this whole speech yeah. about how like, you know, nothing, there's no point in anything yeah. in the world. So, you know, we do what we can to try to make meanings of yeah. this that were, and I was like, I, I legitimately like sent Mark a video and I was like, this is you. And he was like, yep. Yep, that's it is. Awesome. <laughs> so it's like that's what that's what redeemed Gustav when otherwise, like he was real up there as a like I hate this dude. <laughs> you know, he's just like pretentious. It, it was honestly not an art collector. He's an art curator. 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 Yeah, he's an art. He's a curator, not a collector. This is like Mark is a death curator, not a death collector. <laughs> oh. I truly oh. hope so. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a Absolutely. serial killer. Yeah, but, but I do think of Joag as my my death curation. Oh. So, so, so we are you. your Gustav. You oh. are, yes. The thing that re- redeemed Gustav for me was actually his appreciation of Stanley's play. Because mm-hmm. I genuinely thought he was going to be an asshole and just shit on yeah. totally. Stanley's play. Totally. And I was careful about who I brought, and I only had him left, and I was like, all right, I'm bringing you Gustav. Just try and be chill. And then Astrid Ooh. did the like, oh, it's just he's you know energy, and it was great. And, oh, I just really yeah. enjoyed it. And I was like, mm, okay, okay, that's fine. And Gustav was like, 
I mean, you know, listen, he's a kid. It was childish, right? It was make-believe. Yeah. But there's something of art there. There's passion. Mm-hmm. And you could see it in him. He went out there and he gave his all. And to be honest, I'm not just proud. I'm a little jealous. Like, it was like, Gustav, yes! Oh, dang! Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I only had Buck left and I was like, this is a paltry audience for this young gentleman. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was kind of upset oh, no. that I, you know, had everyone had left already. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the order you Buck. do these things in does make a difference. It definitely does. <laughs> Real, Jason, did you not finish Buck's story? Nope. You didn't do and, and I will so say that real life, cool parts, real life yeah. Buck would have taken over the play. Real life Buck would have not let a child perform an entire play. Real life Buck would have said, <laughs> um, excuse me, um, I just want to add to this some footnotes uh, from <laughs> really? my D&D game. I yeah. Need to tell you story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, his mini game or whatever to get him to the Everdoor is you have to collect his friends like before the streetlights come on, basically. Like, yeah, collect his friends or who are like the random people around that are like telling you all about their D and D characters throughout the game. You have to go to, and tells you where they are to go like go collect them, and then they I don't know if they like play a giant D and D game together or whatever, but like yeah. he narrates it for you. What's the end of that storyline? Yeah, it was long. It's pretty but... endearing, even though it's annoying <laughs> that he talks so much. It's a play <laughs> mini game where you're like fighting against the little like, cardboard cutouts that like come up and like go down, and it's pretty fun. It was definitely good. I've, and I sent you a few of those screenshots of like Stella rolling her eyes every yeah. time Buck <laughs> talks about like the third paladin of Endra popping in and whatever, just like random stuff of just like, okay, we get it, Buck. And he just keeps talking and talking. Um, then did you go back into the game at all after you you mm-hmm. went to the Everdoor? Actually, I think, like is 15 it minutes. after that? Or but the I was just thinking about the fact that then like all of them are like kind of ghosty. Um, my kids loved that too. That was what? one of my favorite parts. That was Did probably they? my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah. 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 That, oh, that was my really... kids were so happy because they, they yeah. didn't play the whole game with me, but they'd be like, yeah, yeah. Gwen's back. Cause yeah. I go by their house and they're like, where's Gwen? Is she in her house? I'm like, Oh, no, like, and I told did. them eventually like they're in beyond, like they're beyond yeah. life. I'm like, what's beyond life. You mean heaven? And I was like, maybe like it was, it was like open up a lot of big conversations with my seven year old. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, there's like a couple of those things that I really loved, like the fact that when you took someone to the Everdoor, all the other ones came and like saw them off and they like yeah. stood there and I thought that was really great. Cool. And then, yeah, afterwards when they've all gone and you've got these ghosts of them on there, I was like, <laughs> and the that second you could hug. Yeah. The second I realized you, you could hug them, I sprinted <laughs> around that entire boat and I hugged every single yeah, one. I did exactly the same <laughs> thing. I hugged time's every running out one and I'm like, I've got one more. It's Giovanni. I'm fine. <laughs> We're good. But also, Aww. you can hug him as many times as you want. Dude, I still, yeah. just, my favorite was Atoll. Just because of his cool berries. <laughs> circle back, <laughs> Every oh. time. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, Good I call. missed that so much when he was yes. gone. <laughs> yes. His sounds were the best part of it. This, yeah. <laughs> it was something I don't think I realized till probably like 20 hours into the game how... I guess how effective those little sounds yeah. that were because yeah. there's no vo- voice dialogue. There's no vo- well, I guess there's voice acting, but there's no there's no dialogue there's that is no, read in the yeah. game. You're you're reading e- these tens of thousands of words. This is a very dialogue heavy game, uh, and whenever well, you, whenever you go to a character, you, they just have like Bucks is like, <laughs> and then over his dialogue, you're reading just like his yeah. weird little yeah. like, guffaw. As you're and reading it's like dialogue. somehow you understand what he sounds like 
because of that. Yeah, I, yeah, I know totally. exactly. I know exactly what Atul sounds like. I know exactly what it is. When he's like a bumbling old uncle. Agreed. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that is really effective. I, did we answer all the questions? We did. Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, what's the drink? What's the song? Let's do it. This game's pretty fun. With frustration When I was all done I just had to question What's the beer? What's the song? I can't always tell I just want to know What game is Westy 12? I may have done this for another game before, but I can't remember. So it's new to me. Hmm. My drink is a peppermint tea. Because it was what I was drinking oh, while okay. I was playing much of this game. And also... It is, you know, it's comforting, it's soothing, you know, it soothes the soul and it soothes the body. Uh, and it's exactly what you just kind of want to like sit there and cry over, you know, and you just like need a little bit of catharsis. And you've got your peppermint tea there. That is what this game is for me. I yeah. did something pretty close. I went with sweet tea. Oh. But the, the sweet tea that I drink very specifically is an Arnold Palmer. Mm-hmm. Even more Ooh. specifically, the green tea and lemonade Arizona iced tea Arnold Palmer. Uh, that's totally like fake sugar and like overprocessed. Yeah. Like it's probably the opposite of what someone from the South green is like. Yeah. Can. yeah, totally. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but, tastes like high school. Uh, to me, yeah, it tastes like high school. Exactly. Uh, to me, it tastes like my job at the brewery in Weed, California. But mm. either way, it was to me like it's like hot summer day and like the easiest sipping drink it's smoother than water, more refreshing than like a cold diet Coke and more decadent than diet Dr. Pepper. That's like my Rushmore of drinks, I guess. And <laughs> it's the most relaxing, refreshing, smooth and sweet game. And, or oh, there we go. Game and drink. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. Right. Ed, what do you got? Uh, I will go with, uh, Golden State Cider, Mighty Dry. Is it just because you're drinking it right now? It is. Honestly, I, I really disliked it in the beginning, and then it grew on me, and it's oh. probably like 90% of what I drink these days. Um, That's awesome. It is delightful. She doesn't even drink water, just that. Just that. Yeah. I pee nice. constantly. Solid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's delightful. I mean, it's probably the opposite of this game, because I you know started disliking it and then ended up liking it, and this game was a little <laughs> bit of the, the topsy-turvy there. But uh, yeah, it's delightful. It's crisp. Um, probably too sugary to drink as regularly as I do, but highly recommended. <laughs> Golden State Cider? Golden State Cider, mighty dry, but they have other variants that are also good. Nice. Jason? My drink uh, was strawberry milk, and it was, for me, the most... Yeah. yeah. Strawberry quick? Uh, as long as it's the oh, syrup, yeah, not sure. the powder. Is there another um, kind? The, uh, <laughs> the most childhood thing, like, it just feels like being a kid. There's no reason an adult should ever drink this, right? Uh, it's the wrong color, like, it doesn't look mm-hmm. edible in some ways, and yet just the smell, the taste, yeah. takes me back. I puked it up many times. And I was never, I don't <laughs> think I ever drank it before college. And discovered it in college and was just like, oh, this is, wow. How did I never get this as a child? And so, for me, Strawberry Quick isn't just nostalgia, but it tastes like someone else's nostalgia. Which was this game for me, right? Getting to, wow. getting to experience someone else's memories. And feel those because this game was really effective at creating that 
at me having memories of Uncle Atul, even though I have no idea mm. what the character of Stella is or the connections until much later. You feel that vibe. Yeah. And Strawberry Milk does the same thing for me. I, I drink it and I'm like, ah, yes, my childhood. That I never had had this during, but it's there. It's there. <laughs> wow. Ooh, I love that. Delightful. And uh, we'd go snake draft, right? So I'll keep it going. All right. My song comes with a story. Uh, the song is The Tower by Keiichi Okabe uh, from the Near Automata OST. All right. I've heard amazing things about the, the soundtrack. Yes, it's, it's really good. Uh, so I've been doing a video game symposium uh, at TCU the last couple weeks. Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, it's ending this Saturday, so by the time you listen to this, it'll be done. Um, but it's it's been two years, three years actually in planning because uh, it was canceled because of COVID, so we had to move it back a year. Um, it's been a lot of fun and really exciting. And each session, we start with a little video game soundtrack in the background. Right? I share my Zoom audio, just start playing it as people are kind of coming in. So I did a Twine workshop at the end of the first day. And um, Twine is a, a game-making thing, a simple thing that you can teach to students. Uh, and the, my co-teacher, um, I asked her, you know, what, what should we put on? I had done Doki Doki Literature Club, a bunch of other soundtracks that I like. Uh, I was like, okay. Uh, somebody else is here. Well, you get the call. What should we put on? She goes, uh, Near Automata OST. I was like, cool. Boom, put it on. Uh, first track doesn't sound like it. It's a little bit... Uh, goes second track. Okay, seems mellow. Let's do it. And I have it playing as people are coming in. And somebody in the chat says... Uh, somebody named, named Tim in the chat. And it doesn't have a last name. Says, uh, Dr. Helms, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could ask in the chat or, or let me know. And he goes, uh, would you be the same Jason Helms who used to teach at the University of Kentucky? It's like, uh, yes, yes, I am. Um, <laughs> he goes, well, um, Dr. Helms, I'm not sure if you remember me, but 10 years ago, you taught the greatest class I've ever taken. And he starts what? to tell me about this class that I remember vividly. It was my first grad class I'd ever taught. He's a, a faculty over at a community college in Kentucky. Um, oh, wow. And it was a, a comics class. It was on comics. And it really was the core of what kind of turned into my book. Uh, being able to try those out, ideas out with those grad students. It was a really exciting class. It was really fun. But we're having this this reunion, and the near Automata OST is building as we're doing this. And the chat starts exploding with people being like, I'm crying here. I'm not sure if it's the soundtrack or how sweet and wholesome <laughs> their connection is, but I'm absolutely crying. And it was like the weirdest, most manufactured thing in some ways, and yet so authentic, to run into someone you knew a decade ago, literally a decade ago. And... And then have that connection, you know, brought back up. And then to have your automata, you know, really drive it into your heart. <laughs> That's mm. fantastic. That's awesome. Love that. Ed. Aww. <laughs> so lovely. Um, well, I feel bad following that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll bring it back. Yeah. I'll bring it back to emotions. So it's okay. Okay, good. All right. Let's oh, up, no. down, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> the Alboy Vaughn sisters will keep this consistently ridiculous, <laughs> and the uh, Helms okay. boys will. Uh, so my choice is a K-pop song. I didn't want to let Corey down this time, and it is by uh, <laughs> Taman of Shiny called Idea. And the did you text me that? <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be able to find okay, one of them. Yeah. of shiny of something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yes, I will absolutely text that to you. And okay. uh, it's it's primarily just because it's been stuck in my head for weeks. But uh, my tenuous mm. connection uh, to Spirit Fair would be some lyrics that are, you're my idea, the dangerous dream that swallowed me. So just because this is kind of like, seems like Stella's, you know, final dream or whatever it is. Yeah, which it kind of is from the description of 
yeah. what actually is happening here. Yeah. yeah, and from you know mm-hmm. the little the little owl dream guy and how he shows you your little glimpses, but uh, it's a good song, highly recommended. Very satisfying listen. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Corey, I think I mentioned a while ago the I think it's it's a Netflix original, uh, Over the Moon, came out in I think November December. Oh yeah, uh, I've yes, seen it because yes. I have small children. I've seen it dozens of times already. But it went from like <laughs> oh it's a kids movie. It's just kind of silly. They're on the moon. There's cartoon characters and two like really yeah, heartwarming. Philip Sue, right? I was just gonna say Philip Sue is one of the main oh, characters. Sorry. Yeah, no Philip Sue. No, it's, it didn't spoil anything. <laughs> it's like just cut you right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah enough the, about yeah. this. All right, your turn. Fine. <laughs> Fine, you win, Corey, because every conversation is a, is a fight, right? No, yeah, Philip Sue, Mar- Margaret Cho. It's it's an entirely Asian American voice cast. It's just amazing film, amazing story, really good, uh, really catchy songs. Like we listen to almost every single day. One of the songs uh, is called "Wonderful," sung by Ken Jeong. What? Who you would not think would sing a, like an endearing song. Uh, ben Chang, but he does. This is he plays, especially the character he plays. He plays like a, a moon gummy bear of some sort that can glow. Super weird. But the song goes from like being really, really silly to if you. Um, this is towards the end of the movie. In the first five minutes, has a very Bambi like intro where the mom dies. The main character's mom dies of like an illness that kills her very slowly. <clears throat> and basically, this song is kind of her key to like turning around and like facing like that grief finally like years later mm. when she's like on the moon talking to philip Asio. some selected lyrics are him singing to the main characters ken jiang singing he says do you ever watch the earth lounge around and see it floating a swirl of white clouds and blue well i do it changes every day it spins and turns and twirls away it just keeps rolling on and that is wonderful hey hey which just reminds me of like playing the game like it's another day another Crush, another crush, 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 whatever, whatever else you do on the ship. Uh, it ends with, <laughs> do you ever feel afraid? Curl up when you are hurting and hold your memories tight to you. Yeah, me too. And the music just like cuts out. He says, if you release the past, you'll move ahead and bloom at last. The heart grows and it knows you can glow. You're wonderful. Do you ever feel afraid? Curl up when you are hurting. And hold your memories tight to you. Yeah, me too. That's the storyline to a lot of the main characters and Stella as a whole. Yeah. So it's a song I listen to every day that's like in the background of my life. Yeah. I was like, what songs could this be? Usually it's like a Thrice song or a Foo Fighters or Kendrick or something (laughs) that I'm like, this is a song I know really well, but this is one I've probably listened to more than those songs that fits pretty damn well. So. Check it out. It's kind of a silly song, but if you can... Like You've convinced me to watch that. Yeah, yeah, it should, I think. If you can get through the silly parts of the silly movie, <laughs> it definitely is pretty heartwarming, for Excellent. sure. We need silly in our lives at this point. Yeah, I don't I don't come across a lot of kids' movies having not having them. But I, yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, now I know what I want to watch tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Very unique. I thought it was really good. I think it's really good as I watch it every day. <laughs> I'm undecided. I'll have a few more times. I'm very psyched to to watch this with my kids. <laughs> I um 
by the way, I'm like a huge masked singer oh, fan. Oh, nice. Um, and there was like when you said, you know, it's you don't think of Ken Jong in this like kind of role or whatever. So there was a um one of the people last season who was unmasked was I guess some guy who like I don't I never know who any of the like really like I don't know this particular kind of pop culture that is for whoever the audience of <laughs> this is but he was like a doctor who um I guess got people through the early covid stages really well you know and was like a, oh, wow. a like big uplifting figure for a lot of people and all that kind of stuff and I guess Ken Jong like really liked this guy um and like was you know he's a doctor himself and whatnot and when this guy was revealed Ken Jeong was like telling him how much he appreciated him and just started sobbing. Wow. Like, so he is just <laughs> sobbing, expressing how much this guy means to him, you know? And it, I was like, oh, like, awesome. to be fair, like, I do not enjoy Ken Jeong. I don't think he's funny. I just find him extremely annoying. Why do you I, have to say this part? Well, this is the thing is that I'm like, he was like, this is the guy who normally I'm like, I would like him to not be on this because he sure. drives me crazy. And I was like, just kidding. Now I'm a Ken Jeong fan. Oh. <laughs> I love him to the core of my soul because I have now seen him sob on TV over, like, just being, you know, someone being a helper. Yeah. That was really at the core of it was that he was so moved that this person was a helper. That's cool. It made him cry. I was like, That's awesome. Ken Jeong, you're cool. Him and uh, Joe McHale's pod, uh, Yes. was very uh a big part of early pandemic <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, Same. just every week it was like yes this is what i'm looking forward to get me through these weird days <laughs> yeah. yeah i do enjoy yeah. when joel McHale is on mass singer i will say that and they razz each other well <laughs> oh so well so friend. well Corey was the uh, um, was the doctor uh the one that was on jeopardy uh dr oz yeah, you know, it's a, he's real obscure, dude. <laughs> really helped people through the pandemic. Like, he's from New York. Dr. It's like Tony, uh, Tony Ouchie, yeah. Tony Stouch. I don't know. Something. I don't know. Apparently, he was like big to some people. I just knew that one in particular would get under your skin, so I just wanted to get him there. <laughs> it's been a very weird three days this week not watching Jeopardy, let me tell you. I, know. I don't know what to know. do with myself. But like, seven o'clock hits, and my brain knows it. I look at the clock at exactly seven o'clock every day and i'm like i have a dumb question dr oz is hosting jeopardy this week got it okay cool yeah that's yeah no it's a good reason not to watch so most jeopardy fans are not watching this are they just doing guest hosts for a few months yeah yeah for you know this interim time so did ken jennings not be a thing ken jennings was the first guest host Yeah. Oh, he was just a guest host. Okay, for some no, 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 he was the first guest host. Can we get Bradley Whitford to host? (laughs) (laughs) You can try then. Are Ken, are Ken Jennings and Ken Jong different people? Mm, I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. (laughs) The real Hannah Montana situation. (laughs) My song is the uh, Harrod and Funk classic. What? Lion song. There it is. Corey, give me a hug through the TV. That was amazing. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I wanted that. This is now a TV. It's a TV. I I wanted that to be played at our wedding. I actually went through some of the research for it. uh, um, You didn't marry Corey, Jason. It's true. (laughs) Uh, Technically still true. Not yet. Um, Not not yet. My bad. You're right. Uh, And and Corey, I'm not rushing it. I'm thinking marriage number three for each of us. That feels right. That feels right. Whoa, hey. Have some fun in between. That's great. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I'm gonna, make some, I'm gonna make some mistakes with number two. Let me tell you that. 
but Jason Herod uh, lived in North Carolina and would play around there. And so I was I was trying to get in touch with him and see if we could actually get him to play the wedding. Because uh, I, I, I don't know. He wasn't doing much. I, I felt like it would he be. He wasn't doing much. I'm sorry. He was like Tulane. He pretty like, bored. Like not at all. Like I was like, ah, maybe. Go, cut this part. Cut this part. I love you, Jason Herod. You know what he's probably doing? Working a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Because no one's ever yeah. heard of him except for the three of the four of we us. Could, we could yeah. pay him some money. No, I I legitimately, like, when I was trying to, to find so I was like, I can't remember who wrote this. And I was trying to Google Lion Song, like, you know, lyrics, stuff like that. And I was like, did I invent this in my head? Where did this yeah. come from? And then finally managed to, you know, I like picked a different line from the song than what I had been Googling and some random blogger had posted the nice. lyrics to it and it was like so many, about was like, ah! so many songs from high school Found usually it. like Bay Area bands where I'm like I know this is a song from someone I know this is real I'm so terrified but... you just found an, an old blog of mine <laughs> <laughs> please play at my wedding an old thinker <laughs> yeah oh, wait it was only, the blog was from like 2012 okay, or something okay. like Look that, deeper. and this person was like such a beautiful illustration of of God's love for us or something like that. And I was like, oh, is this a God song? Oh, is oh. it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I know. I guess he's kind. Of, he does some like hymns and things like that. But anyways, obviously, there's the literal element of this with the two lions. Except, I guess one of them is a lynx. I don't know what oh, a lynx yeah. is. If I'm gonna be like super honest with you, but anyways, it's a lion. Yeah, so there's two lions, you know, as beautiful as they are strong, all that jazz. Um, And then it's also about, like, being on a boat in part of it and the, you know, the storm and all of that kind of stuff. And it just really feels like it's, which makes sense that this is a God song, but it's, you know, about, like, someone who is sort of supporting you and, you know, keeping you afloat and uh, going alongside you on some form of journey and keeping you safe um, as you're going through it. You know, I was reading through the lyrics and I was like, actually, this is like more on the nose to this story than I really oh, it's, recognize it's so that it was. so on the nose. I love it so much. It um, is, isn't it? See, <laughs> see the line of blue on blue. It's given as a gift to you and keep your eyes on the horizon. When you go out on your boat and the wind is whipping you and you feel the water rise And, and you need to all know, I do not have the lyrics up. That is in my soul. It is written yeah. into my heart. I think by this time in the podcast, people were really thinking, Jason's not super into this band. He's faking it. Oh. So I'm glad that you proved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I definitely yeah. know every word of this song. Um, and <laughs> By the way, thank you, Josh Lewis. In uh, I just found the same blog you did, February 8th, 2006. Where he posted, Yeehaw. that's the only place with the lyrics to this song on, yeah. 2006. Wow, oh, okay. It was farther ago than I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's legit it. And then I was like, I went on YouTube and was like, Lion Song Harrod? And there's like a, that I think is what was from more recently. There's like a video on YouTube of him performing it in like a living room concert. Um, and uh, it's like, okay, cool. I didn't imagine this song, but anyways, it's, it's like there's a, a Vimeo with 572 views from 11 years ago. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a, it's a better quality than YouTube. It's a higher quality than YouTube. You guys should check Wait, it out. So is God the lion and I'm a lion? 
Because there's two lions in, sleeping in each other's arms. What's the God thing? I don't honestly understand it as. Well, a- I think it's also romance or friendship. I think it's also just companionship. It can't be two things. It's got to be. White. It's three or one, from what they I understand. One thing. Their their understanding of faith was a very, from what I remember, was a very social one of like people to get. You see God in people mm. being together. Oh, okay. right. Mm, and so okay. these two lines that I know, as beautiful as they are, strong. It's like it. It would be people. You know, it could be a romantic or a friendship or whatever. But it was in keeping each other safe and warm. We show we show our godhood and we show our humanity. I like our picks. I am. A little disappointed no one picked Lonely Island. I'm on a boat, though. Oh. <laughs> a little too on the nose. Lonely Island, I'm on a boat is my de facto pick for every single week, just for the record. I'm always thinking yeah. it. So this is all our, this is our, what we just told you is our second place, really. Obviously. I didn't know it before, but I know it now. Longest song segment ever, and it was worth it. Oh Thank you, God, Corey. it's tomorrow already. All right. Yes, it is. So we have not show. Oh, recommendation station. Okay, let's. Oh, yeah. Jason, there's no new. What's the game that you love so much? Sedition, Sedac. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei. No. It was Shin Megami Tensei. What's the one with the group That's of people say, get together and you make bigger groups of people? Persona. No. What? Oh, oh. Um. Kata- Ma- uh, no. Katamari Damacy. No, no. From like 1995. Nope. Syndicate. Syndicate. Woo! That's the one. How are there so many games that you love that that's the main <laughs> part of the game where you just, you get more people together and you just jam them I thought you guys together. were messing with each other before. <laughs> no, that is that is the that's, mechanic that I like. I, I stay Jason's up at night mechanic. fantasizing about making a game with that mechanic. And Does the same thing like. happen in Sakuna Rice of Ruin? No. no oh, tell me about not. it. Um, so but not too long. Sakuna of Rice and Ruin um, is a... Um, Ed, this, this is your game, definitely, of this group. All right, uh, oh. Corey. I think it might be your game too. Okay. And wait, what's the game again? Then, I think if you play this, like uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, S A K U N A. And Ben, I think if you play it, I think you you're really gonna like it. I think this is gonna be very high on your list. But it's I'm a, selling it's to these a other big, people. Yeah, it's hard to get me to play games. Once I'm in, I'm in. But yeah, it'll no, like, take me years to like download it and open it's it. It's like trying to get Ugh. me to watch a YouTube video. <laughs> Right. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's always worth it when you finally do it, but it's just it's a whole thing. So it's got a little story of seasons to it. Um it is a rice growing simulator. Uh where you know Story of Seasons, uh Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon, all those games, you and, and even the game we played today, right? You've got little plots and there's like one seed per plot, and you water it, and then you wait, and then you have a plant. Right? What if that, but instead you had an actual rice patty? And wherever you put a seed, that was where the rice grew. And it's totally freeform. You could put 500 seeds there. But they'll be kind of packed in. If you go 300, you might space them out a little bit more. And you're literally putting each seed in one by one. And then what if you had to measure the water that goes in? And then it changed by seasons. So that now I know that in the spring, you leave about four inches of water in. And then you drain it in late summer. And then you give it a couple weeks of like eight inches in the fall. Oh my because God. the game teaches you about the history of, of rice growing. And you use that, and that's where all of your power-ups come from, because the rest of the game is a platformer beat-em-up that is just what? really fun where you just wail on people. <laughs> oh, nice. I mean, I'm back in. I'm back right? in. And, and Ben, the surprise for me has been that the rice growing is my favorite part. Like, oh, wow. And I think the combat's really good. It's got a cool mechanic where you've got like this um, scarf, your divine raiment that you like fling out and attach to people and like 
swing past them, hit them from the other side, swing past the other way, hit them this way. It's, you know, lots of like thinking as you're fighting. It's really fun. But man, do I love the rice growing. <laughs> I have gotten so into it. Uh, the creators spent more time researching and developing the rice simulation than they did on the rest of the game. Ooh. And it really shows. P- players in Japan, when it first came out, found out that the best strategy guide was to go to the government's uh, agricultural website <laughs> to their guide to how to grow rice and just use that. And that was the strategy guide wow. that people used. Ooh. And it's realistic enough that that works. Okay. And so it's... It's also a very fun story. It's uh, a very spoiled goddess, the goddess of harvest, who uh, has to help these human beings who have somehow ended up in the lofty realm with the gods. And she is punished for something early on in the game, and so she has to go help them and uh, cleanse an isle of demons. And as she's there, she finds out, oh, this is the island that my parents met on. And, oh, they have a history, too. And, oh, darker, you know, political ramifications. But also she's learning to be responsible. She's growing up. Uh, and she's learning about how the lives of these people matter. Um, also, there's a three-year-old named Kaimaru who, um, if anything happens to him, I will murder everyone in this room and then myself. <laughs> he is my everything, and I love him. Um, okay. And he just, he, after after like 10 hours into the game, he says to the main character, Sakura, he says, Sasa! And my heart melts because he didn't say my name for 10 hours, and then he does. And I just went, <gasps> I love you. And you can send them out to do things. And what what Kaimaru does is uh, he gets poop. Um, So he he gets like uh, manure that you can use for your fertilizer and things like that. Like uh, there's like one of the guys uh, goes out and he'll like do mining for you. And one of the guys does this. Kaimaru gets poop. That's what he does. He's three. He just picks up pieces of poop and brings it back. And I send him out every day. You get that poop, kid. You get that poop and you bring it back. (laughs) Delightful. So, um, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, um, surprisingly emotionally effective game. Uh, I gave it to my wife for her birthday uh, on a hunch that I thought she would love it. She did. She poured 60 hours into it uh, and then made me play it. It was like, you're playing this next time. I was like, I wanted to. Yes, I'm excited about this game. I started playing it and she sits next to me and she won't let me play it without her watching because she wants to relive (laughs) the whole story. And there'll be like these casual like side things. Somebody will mention something. One of the characters will be like, uh, ah, yes, sometimes we must sacrifice. To attain what is truly great. And all of a sudden she'll just start crying. She's like, you do? Oh my gosh, you do? Why? You have to make such a sacrifice. I'm shh. Trying to play the game. I don't know that yet. It's foreshadowing. It's like, it's so much though. See, this is, I have a hard time like watching, like the other day I got my mom, let's call this my recommendation because I don't have a game to recommend this week. Um, <clears throat> I have started, or well, I've watched all of the BBC show Ghosts, um, which is delightful. Have you ever seen Horrible Histories? Mm-mm. It's basically Bill Nye the Science Guy, but British history. Um, and it is a delightful show. Like when we were in cool. Belfast in 2012, like the Queen's Diamond Jubilee was going on outside of our flat. And I was like, yeah, 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 but there's a Horrible Histories Marathon on, so I'm just going to watch that instead of going out and seeing what's going on in the streets out there. Um, But the cast of that and writers of that created this show called Ghosts, um, which is about a couple who inherit an ancestral home that is haunted by generations of ghosts all the way back to a caveman who died there. Um, and they, uh, the wife can now see the ghost after she had a near death incident. 
Um, and it's like the first season of it, it's like just very silly and goofy and all that. And then the second season is like surprisingly emotional. I'm like, I think I cried every single episode of the second season, um, but still very goofy and funny. Um, but I was, I watched the whole thing, both seasons that are out so far. They're filming the third season now. And then uh, I was trying to entertain my mother. So I put it on the other day to watch with her. And she kept making like, comments about things like oh wouldn't this ghost do this or blah 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 and she kept asking questions and things that were things that I knew were going to come up later on and it's really hard to watch something with someone when (laughs) you know what is going to happen and they're like asking a question or something like that and you're like yeah yep (laughs) who knows what will happen with that I don't know who can know it's crazy that's so like sitting down and watching a video game with someone and trying not to like spoil it. Same thing. Like, it's like, I know where this is going. You're just going to look over and watch me like quietly sob to myself. Just like <gasps> <gasps> trying not to give it away. Cause I also hate spoiling things. That's, I don't like for things to be spoiled and I don't into. want to spoil things. So yep. yeah, but I recommend ghosts. That's what it's turned heavily. into. It's her just silently sobbing. <laughs> yeah. Just like, quiet. don't mind me. <gasps> yeah. That's, um, Ghosts is wonderful and it's on HBO Max and it's each season is six episodes and they're 24 minutes or whatever. So you will you can watch all of it in a day easily and still have time to do other things. Um, I mean, probably not if you have kids, but (laughs) uh, for if you're just sitting around on a Saturday or whatever, binge watching things, it's really delightful. And I loved every moment of it. And so now I've watched it twice through and I love it. Ghosts is my recommendation. That's cool. I'm checking that out. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's Corey, really a possible recommendation just for you, aside from everyone. Everybody, shh, everybody shut up. Yeah, not me. Um, have you seen The Expanse? Um, no, because here, like, it looks great. Um, I do not have an attention span for anything over a half hour right now. Got it. <laughs> this, is, this is my pandemic brain will not allow it. All good. It yeah. felt very Corey in terms yeah. of hard science. On yeah. my post-pandemic yeah, yeah. watches. It's... It, it's got that that hard science of Star Trek without the optimism uh, and with more, <laughs> much more interesting political things, yeah, not politics yeah. in the terms of like backstabbing and stuff like that's there right, too, no, like that. but more about like the main characters have a very violent union that yeah. they are like murdering with. Yeah, and, like, this that's is not probably why people ask me thing. all the time if I've watched it. Like that sounds like something you'd be into a violent union. You, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You might dig it. Yeah, after I posted the picture of me today talking about bring us sensible gun laws or we'll bring sensible guillotines. Yeah, I wonder why people think I'd like that kind of thing. Weird. 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 (laughs) It's not the violence that you're against. It's the senseless violence. (laughs) I just want sensible violence. That's all I ask. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Ed. Did you talk about what else you're playing? I zoned out for most of oh. Jason's. I'm coming, <laughs> and I'm mine, for that matter. No. Two people have talked. Yeah. Ben did not <laughs> there was, there was another one you actually didn't notice that you <laughs> But talked. I'm most yeah. important. So, uh, you know, it makes sense. Circling back to the best. Thank you, Ben. Um, yeah. I am currently playing <laughs> Stories of Seasons Poot. Yes. Just Pioneers of Olive County something. Pioneers of Olive Town. T-O-O-T, which I find adorable. Poot. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> That's that's pretty satisfying, but I'm only about a day deep. Uh, there was a, a portion about, I believe, recommendations, which uh, can I recommend this little pod called Jack of All Graves? <laughs> uh, oh, it's, uh, nice. it's pretty popular. I've, I've been telling my friends about it. Ooh. And if that doesn't put me in a raffle for a T-shirt, 
the nepotism is dead. Yeah. Hey, oh. and- Very nicely done, <laughs> yeah. Edwin. You got to send a screenshot. Got to send a screenshot. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was a smooth way of getting into that raffle. Well done. That was good. That was Thank good. you. I mean, I do have many, many messages of spamming all my friends to add oh, you on uh, YouTube. Yeah. But that's that's in the past now. Yeah. Um, and Hunji watches you. It's very exciting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And uh, another recommendation would be... Well, can you explain what Story of Seasons is? Because I never oh, heard of it. Oh, yes. Uh, the, the, the Isn't that a Halfway to Nowhere album? Jason. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> Jason. A, uh, it's a Stardew yeah, Valley but... knockoff. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> oh. Fighting words. This is a lot. Uh, so, so Stardew Valley yeah. is based upon an old Super Nintendo game, slash Game Boy game, slash all the other platforms, called Harvest Moon in America. The actual name of it was Story of Seasons or Stories? I can't remember if it's singular or plural. Anyway, something season-y story, right? And now, so the Story of Seasons games, they've made like 20 of them. And Harvest Moon was one of the earlier ones, and everybody loves it. It's You know what Stardew is, right, Ben? You're aware of Stardew Valley? <laughs> it's like Farmville. <laughs> it's like Farmville. There we go. Um, so anyway, more recently, they came out with a new Story of Seasons, uh, but they also came out with a new Harvest Moon because... They sold the name to someone else. And so a very crappy Harvest Moon game came out to try to sneak out to get in front of the new Story of Seasons game by like a month. And so the Harvest Moon game yeah, came out they- last month. People hate it. It's, it's trash, I've heard. And then the new Story of Seasons is coming out uh, right now. And it's like the developers had all left the original Natsume. And then Natsume was like, well, we keep the name. And so they just pump out trash Harvest Moon games since then. And then Story of Seasons is where it's at. But... I definitely recall my my use of the N64 and PlayStation and things of the the good old Harvest Moon games, and it's nice to take a little little stroll back into the farming realm. <laughs> I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Awesome. And yeah, I heard the one that came out on March 3rd instead of March 23rd is not good. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's the Harvest Moon Jeez. game. Um, and show wise, oh sorry, it's uh, just a Sisyphus. It is a Korean drama sci-fi. On Netflix. I love it. Corey will never watch it. Yeah, I will not watch it. It is, indeed. Uh, And subtitles. (laughs) (laughs) There is no dubbing. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a good dub, watch Kingdom. Fantastic. Uh, But looking for no dubs. is out. (laughs) I don't want no (laughs) Look at (laughs) Bernie. Dub is a show that can't get no love from me. Ooh. (laughs) Can you hear my snap? (laughs) Hanging on the bottom side of my TV ride. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> TV guide. How did uh, I, know? I missed it? Oh, oh, it's right there. It's right there. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like it. Jason, what was the thing we watched recently that was... I watched it subtitled and you started watching oh, um, the dub and then you changed um, it. Oh, Kristen is obsessed oh, yeah. with that. Lupin. Lupin. Yeah. Oh. Lupin. There, we nailed it. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, Kristen loves that one. The anime? <laughs> Wait, w- one more second. I actually wanted to hear like 10 more seconds of Sisyphus because you had me on the edge of my seat. Oh. <laughs> I, I would like oh. to know, like, just like a basic, like, um, what is it? What's the log line? Uh, uh, I've, got, I've got Korean, I've got drama, I've got sci-fi. I'm in. Like, that sounds good, but. Yeah, it's a it's a time travel sci-fi with, uh, you know, basically your, your standard person creates a time travel machine. Um, mayhem ensues and trying to figure out how to fix it. Um the, the premise is pretty straight, but it's it's got very endearing characters. It doesn't kind of fall in a lot of those K-drama, uh, it, not all of the K-drama tropes. And it doesn't have a lot of the, like, repeated 
soapy romance aspects <laughs> that I tend to burn out on on a lot of shows. And it is weekly, and it has kept me coming back every week. So it's a, it's a good one. Sounds good. All right. For this month's uh, Black Game Developer Highlight, I uh, want to highlight a, a person, but also a, an entire development team. So the person I found, uh, looking through blackgamedevs.com, as usual, uh, was Daniel Launders, um, who is the lead designer for a game called Validate. Uh, this is a, a dating sim with uh, a lot of irony and edge to it. Um, and so let me read a description of the game and then tell you a little bit more about the team. Uh, the uh, game Validate is a visual novel in which you maneuver yourself through the twisting paths of young adulthood. Set in Jersey City, J-E-R-C-Y, 12 struggling singles in their 20s navigate through the trine ordeals of capitalism to find meaning in their lives. Includes a hint of love, cosplay, and even mediocre mis- mixtapes in the mix. With 12 playable characters and over 60 routes to choose from, there will be about 70 to 90 hours of content, depending on how you play it. We don't know if you'll be reading fast or not. Whether your decisions are good, bad, or just tremendously shitty, you're going to have a great time falling in or out of love with these characters. Uh, the game is coming out likely in 2022, uh, spring 2022. You can go and wishlist it on Steam, wishlist the demo on Steam, which I do not believe is out yet. But the eventual game will be on Switch, PS4, and Xbox. Uh, one thing I really like about this developer is when there's the kind of about us for the, the team behind it, it links to a Twitter thread that gives a little bio of each person. Uh, they've got cute little cartoon introductions, fun things they said. So so Danny, the, the person that uh, drew me to this, uh, says uh, a couple foot footnotes under uh, Danny. Uh, TikTok doll uses her fame to make a game up to no good at all times. If you catch her listening to Pierce the Veil in 2020, don't speak. Uh, they all have fun little cute intros to tell you a little bit about themselves and what they're doing on the game. So it seems like a really cool game and a really cool team. Do you like dessert? Do you know someone who likes dessert? What about anyone who might be celebrating something at any point in the near future? I think so. Well, Sugared Edge Bakery has just the thing for you. Delectable cookie dough brownies, custom hand-painted cakes, keto-friendly baked goods, cupcakes galore, even wedding cakes. They really do it all when it comes to delicious baked goods. Sugared Edge, based in Phoenix, Arizona, was founded in 2011 by the uber-creative Heather Botluck, who also happens to run a fantastic Instagram and TikTok, by the way. Uh, and when she's not thinking up new and creative types of baked goods, she's probably busy designing and hand-decorating the countless cakes and desserts they offered at Sugared Edge, all of which you can peruse and order from their website at sugarededgebakes.wixsite.com slash cake. Don't worry, it's a long one, but we'll add the link in the show notes as well. Also, don't think I forgot about you, Dom, because Sugared Edge Bakery offers many of their most popular menu items completely gluten-free. That's right, you have keto-friendly options, you have gluten-free options. Also, Heather's husband, David, told us that the brownies and cookies travel really well. So check those out on their website, and they deliver. Sugared Edge Bakery. Celebrate your taste buds. All right, Jason, what are we playing next month? Next month, we are playing There Is No Game. Come on, Ben, run through it with me. What are we going to play? What are we going to play? No, There Is No Game, Ben. We have to play a game. There is... uh, Wait, but Jason... Yeah? We have a gaming podcast. We really, we got to pick a game. So what's the game? Hey, can I, uh, just to stay on brand, recommend uh, Arrest of a Stone Buddha? <laughs> Arrest of a Stone Buddha, a.k.a. You Shoot a Lot. <laughs> <laughs> you Shoot a Lot, the Jewish guy? <laughs> yeah. 
the uh, awesome. uh, what was the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa? Yes. Yeah. Second yeah. game, which truly, it's impossible and not fun. No, so never mind. But <laughs> too hard. That game is so good. There is no game. That's what we're playing next month. There is no game. All right. Uh, available on a variety of systems, including, I believe, your very phone in front of you that you are listening to this on. Um, yes, I can tell. I can tell. It's in your pocket right now. Even my uh, phone? Even your phone can do it. What uh, about me and uh, my blue collar? Ed, <laughs> Ed, you can play it on your Zoom. Um, <laughs> not a true statement. Not a true statement. And then, Ed, thank you so much for joining us again for the longest pod in the history of any podcast ever recorded. Uh, where can people find you, contact you, if they want to complain about your, uh, or just shower you with praise and compliments? Oh, man. I don't do those things we we know we looked at your twitter earlier today it was pretty great <laughs> what was the what the one tweet that just is it said, full of russian spam i think no you deleted the the spam i think but there was one tweet oh, okay. that simply said moose moose and i i laughed for minutes it's like it's literally one tweet per four years yeah pretty much yeah I, I think i'm i'm due yeah. at this point next year uh, maybe. if if you're on any of the various social medias or gaming sites, it's either Switch Kid, Switch Kids, or Barla Vaughn. <laughs> That's all. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not, I'm probably not using it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Yeah. Jason? Quick, quick correction. Um, there Is No Game is a 10 to 15 minute demo that he used to create a Kickstarter for the actual game, which is called There Is No Game, colon, Wrong Dimension. Just want to be real clear about which one we're playing. We're playing the full game. I appreciate that because I probably would have been very confused. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks again, Ed, for joining us. Uh, if Thank you for listening, dear listener. Uh, you can find us on our website at menoflowmoralfiber.com. M-O-L-M-F. M-F. There it is. Oomph. Uh Twitter and Instagram. We have links to both of those on our uh, website. What's the links? <laughs> It's a lion. <laughs> yeah, you can email us at M-O-L-M-F-P-O-D at gmail.com, named after the greatest band of all time. Payable on death. And check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash momf. I have been Ben. I will be Jason. Still here. And I am a mighty pirate. And my gardening knowledge is as limited as my father's empathy. <laughs> That's good. That's good. God, this game was great. <laughs> what a fun game. Fun game. Such a good game. 